This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Draco Kirova of Cactar, Talison True Strike of Fairy, and Severick Roland of Behemoth. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Live from Aorzia. Limit. Break. With your hosts. Now behold the horror you have wrought. Carlo. I said don't take your clothes off. Juxtaposition. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome! To Limit Break Radio, episode number 89, is it 89? No, 87. 87. There we go. Uh, thanks for joining us here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Good to be back. Glad to know that nothing burned down while I was away. I see that we've still got our studios just barely. It, that, that's actually a in, lie. In good order. It helps that you lock them out while you're gone. It does, Things yes. have been burned, we just hid them. Oh, good. We had a great cleaning montage. It was like the end of the movie where I had to get everything put back in shape right before the parents got back. Yeah, oh. Right, yeah. They, uh, they destroyed things like self-esteem, confidence. There you go. Yeah. And you can never get those back. No. Thanks. It's like a Scully's virginity. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here at <laughs> oh, Twitch.tv. Slash Limit Break Radio. Was that a humble brag? That sounded like a humble brag. That sounded like a humble brag. My goodness. It wouldn't be a humble brag if you knew any of the stories behind it. Uh, <laughs> You'd know how sad it was. Uh, okay, well, guess what? Family events sounds, were always so complicated. It sounds like story time to me. Uh, LimitBreakRadio.com, of course, is our website. If you haven't yet, go subscribe to the podcast over there. You can also do so through iTunes and Google Play. Again, thank you guys so much for joining us here today uh i want to thank uh anyone who ended up going out to alamo city comic-con although i didn't end up meeting anyone who's fans of the show out there uh i know uh, but that's okay uh it i i did hear from a couple of people that were looking for me that didn't find me uh apologize if you weren't able to find me but uh did you leave your beard out there i did i did i i shaved it for a uh a costume and actually two costumes and uh, it's it's coming back like this is not even a week. This is not even okay, a week, and but I'm like, even with the shadow, you still look like we're out there playing Pokemon and talking. And I'm just like in my head, I'm like, who the fuck is this? this is so weird. <laughs> it Did is we get weird. A new host? It is weird. Uh, I I definitely don't like it, but you know what? It was worth it. It was totally worth it. We're gonna talk a whole bunch about Alamo City Comic Con and the shenanigans that went down out there uh, over on Final Encountercast. We invite you to join us over there. That's Twitch. TV slash final encounter cast uh, that's at five o'clock join us uh, we're going to be talking all about Alamo City Comic Con as well as uh, we're going to talk today 
a, a little bit about uh, voice acting and uh, why performance matters. Uh, of course, SAG-AFTRA has initiated their strike against the video game industry. I got to spend the weekend getting to know some very talented voice actors, and uh, they were kind enough to share their opinions with me, one of which is James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Titus. He's going to be uh, uh, joining us today. Uh, we'll hear my interview with him out at Alamo City Comic Con about the SAG after strike. So you guys can hear it straight from the horse's mouths. Uh, exactly what is so uh, you know why why this strike is such a big deal uh, of course we are live from aorzea let's flip it on over to our aorzean studios if you'd like to join us in aorzea you can of course join us on the sergeant tanis server that's in the goblet fifth ward on plot 30 uh, you can come sit at the big round table uh you can dance in the background uh get or on the cock table you can get on the cock table i'm sorry the what you, the cock table it's just a table where people can sit and enjoy themselves it it is clearly a cock. I don't know what you're talking it about. It is very clearly. It's a cock. ejaculating in everything. Yeah. That's just uh, the the throw rug. <laughs> what is there a problem? You guys have sick, perverted minds. Uh, Coming from the guy who's brought us the cock table and such crazy. things as the Louis Swash shower room. That's right. That's the Scuro room. Uh huh. Uh, you know, there's a butt plug on the stool now. Yeah, yeah I know. I put it there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it Ever since I took out the shower, no one goes in there anymore. Thematically, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, thank you guys for joining us here today. Uh, of course, we are supported by our generous fans over at Patreon. Uh, we invite you to become a supporter over at patreon.com slash limit break radio. That's uh, how we are able to afford to do this show each and every single week but not just this show our other show final encounter cast is also done by your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio currently we're sitting at one thousand seven hundred and three dollars incoming a month and uh while we thank you guys for all of your support we really need to see that number crawl back up to above two thousand now this is really important because we have just depleted our coffers from all of the traveling that we've done between Alamo City Comic Con and FanFest. Uh, it it took not only our energy, but it took a lot of uh, funding. And of course, we thank you guys for allowing us to be able to do that. But we are coming up on tax season, so it means that we have to be able to uh, cover ourselves for that. So we need to see that number go back up above 2000 So if you have yet to support Limit Break Radio, head on over to patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Give five Five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, whatever you can give month over month to help bring you the content that you enjoy each and every every single week. We got some very cool access out at Alamo City Comic Con. We're going to be able to, you know, uh, uh, have those guys hopefully back on the program to talk more about what voice actors do and how they, uh, you know, how they do it. Uh, and it's an incredible, you know, way into the video game industry. And it's something that I know that we all really enjoy like mm -hmm. as i know i'm a bit of a voice actor nerd like i i was i no. i was a yeah <laughs> i would no I, it like voice acting is has been a big deal for me as a huge fan of cartoons growing up i loved nickelodeon and cartoon network cartoons and these are a lot of the same talents that end up going on to work in the video game industry or work uh on anime and you know th i think that that's all something that we can all connect on 
on. And so I think it's really fun and important to talk to these folks. And uh, Alamo City Comic Con provided a way for us to kind of get to know some more of them and expand our network a little bit, which is really, really cool. And of course, uh, FanFest is just the best way to be able to interact with and hang out with you guys. Uh, and I, 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 you know, I can only really speak for myself, but re-energizing some enthusiasm back for 14, it, you know, internally. I know some of us were dragging on that. Uh, and so, you know, these are these are hugely important events. And uh, your funding is really central to being able to do, you know, things like throwing the after party out at, uh, you, you know, out at the Rock House or uh, you know, being able to participate out in Alamo City. So again, patreon.com slash limit break radio. That's how it's done. It's also done uh, through, uh, you know, through your generosity over PayPal. Uh, and speaking of generosity, uh, Nika, just an hour before we were getting ready to set up here, uh, wrapped up Extra Life, which is fantastic. So uh, Extra Life, if you don't know what that is, it is a charity event where gamers come together and uh, game for 24 hours straight. We've done a little bit more organized efforts for this in the past, and uh, and and it's something that we always really want to do, but it falls at a really tough time for us. Uh, this has been particularly busy for us with conventions and stuff, but it does normally fall around our normal like hometown convention too. Which, by the way, we're so wiped out from conventions. <laughs> None yeah. of us went to. We tapped out on Yomacon this year. Yeah, I mean. If that tells you, I mean, honestly, like if that tells you, uh, you know, anything about what we've been doing and how hard we've been working between FanFest and Alamo City, that should tell you right there. Like we decided like, dude, Yomacon is too much and it takes a lot for us to skip out on Yomacon. So uh, speaking of Patreon really quick, too, I want you guys to make sure that you are on the lookout because coming in December, I am going to be starting up uh, a new little campaign with Patreon that is going to be awarding a uh, certain levels i think twenty dollars and above okay special exclusive limit break radio paraphernalia swag stuff like that that if you miss out on you cannot buy again so it does it is it does it count for the people who are already at 20 yes okay yes all if right you're already at 20 you're, you're good. good you're fine you're, you're locked gonna get in it you're or, grandfathered in or ahead but when does that when does that start like if people want it december no 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 like if people oh. wanted to bump up to 20 a month mm-hmm. to be able to get in on this could they do that now? Yes. If, yeah. they, if they did it okay. now, if they did, if they did it month, now, they're then guaranteed they're, they're, to have okay. it. Okay. All right. Cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so it's, it's, it's like a mystery gift. Well, it's going to be the same thing. Like each time it's going to be like a reoccurring sort of like collection. Okay. I'm yeah, going to be yeah. releasing more information very soon. Now okay. that Yomacon's over with, I can get with the artist because she had a, she was at the artist alley. Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Be, be on the lookout for that though. Everyone that very I've talked cool. to so far has been like, I would totally bump up for that if I wasn't already there. Right on. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, so, so does this go out for everyone who's uh, paid 20 or uh, did uh, $20 Patreon donations in the past? Too? And like bumped back down? Nope, you have to be. You at have to be at it now. Now, as of this announcement, yes. Now, as yes. of so for November going right. forward, right? Be at twenty. Okay, okay there so we go. If you're at twenty, if you pay twenty dollars in December, you get it. If you pay ten dollars in January, you don't get the January one. Okay, all right. So that's the way it's oh, going to so work. Different. Oh, so it's yeah, it's going to change every single month. Ooh. Oh, I like wow. this. Okay, I like this. So for like how a- long? For, indefinitely, for indefinitely, and if and if it goes well, if this is you know received positively, we'll see about doing similar stuff like this that you guys are getting monthly uh, monthly LBR 
swag and merchandise. So and it's so it's a little bit. It's a little bit like uh, like a, a a mystery box and loot crate shoved into one. Sort of, sort of, yep. but with one item. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I actually did not know that. Thank you for telling me. No, nobody knew that actually. Uh, this, okay. is a, this is a, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've I've mentioned this in the chat before. So yes, people should have known. Oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. I guess I just wasn't paying attention. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I never pay attention. Yeah. Anyway, uh, again, thank you guys for your support at patreon.com slash limit break radio. Uh, we send out a big backlog of uh, T-shirts. I, I'm not sure. how uh, Are there do, are pops? Is there yeah. more T-shirts that need to be? Uh, oh. made. We're good. We're current on T-shirts. Current. current on T-shirts. Whoa. Look at that. Yeah, we're current kind of. I haven't sent uh, Papa the, the upda- updated, updated. For, okay, for, for right. October. Yeah, gotcha. so current. Okay, so he's current. He's current. He, oh, he's gonna get a whole backlog of work to do well, and like tonight. So <laughs> something uh, else to mention too yeah, okay. is we're also working on the next poster. All right. Okay. Once this poster goes into circulation, the old poster's out it's of circulation. Done. Right. So if you don't have that poster yet, it's gone. Think it's about, done. Think about bumping up your Patreon before it's too late. There you go. Uh, and unlike SE, it will not be appearing in the cash shop. That's right. <laughs> this is the, yeah. Well, I mean, what if we put it up there for like a ridiculous amount of money? Like $200. $3,200. Yeah, no. No. We're not no? going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do We're not going to do that because. But I'm really money grubbing. I know you are. Sign it. I know. I know. It, it just, it, it hurts. It hurts my. Uh, I don't know my 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 wallet. No, I I can't rip people off like that, man. Like that's not cool. I it can. Hurts his I know integrity. you can. Clearly, a Nero is an artist, guys. Oh, oh my god! Eat shit and die. <laughs> wow, oh, that's, that's tough. Wow. that was unnecessary. Okay. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you guys for joining us this week here on Limit Break Radio. Uh, I, of course, was out last week at Alamo City Comic Con. I was not able to be here, and, and we thank you for that. We were supposed to be making a big announcement out at Alamo City Comic Con, and I was told when. When I got there, we're not ready yet. So, Fuck. Uh, I know. <laughs> so, uh, we're we're waiting. We're waiting until they're ready to say something. Uh, it's we don't have any control over making the announcements. So, uh, once we get the green light, we're going to tell you guys. But it is super super exciting. Uh, I did find out a little bit more while I was there about it, uh, about the plans for it, and uh, yeah, it, it, when when we do get the green light. I know that you guys are just going to lose your shit. Uh, Speaking so- of losing shit, uh, for everyone who donated $200 last year for me to femro it up, I did last go through year? with it. Last or, year? Sorry, last episode. Yeah. I did go through with it. I am a femro now. You just can't tell. You can't tell because I am the shortest, prettiest femro and also wearing a mask. So I just okay. kind of look like a really ugly hyor male. Oh, okay, that's that's fair. By the way, I... I just like in real life. We got, we got so derailed from this, I wanted to congratulate uh, Nika and all of Team Limit Break Radio yeah. for uh, what they were able to raise for Extra Life. Again, that goes to uh, help kids with cancer. 24-hour gameathon. It, you can still help out. You can still donate if you want to. Uh, that's extra-life.org slash team slash Limit Break Radio. You can choose any of those people. If you want to add to our total of $3,012 for Team Limit Break Radio this year. Uh, and yeah, congratulations, guys. That was... Uh, that, that's really awesome. You guys did a great thing. So, uh, again, extra-life.org slash team slash
slash Limit Break Radio uh, if you want to get in on that and help some kids with cancer. And again, thank a huge thank you and shout out to Nika uh, who jammed out all 24 hours here on the Limit Break Radio stream. 25 hours. 25 hours. That's right. Daylight savings time was thrown in there too. Uh, you want Nika? Would you like to say any words on uh, on that experience you had? Oh, I actually kind of thought she might be there. She may. She, yeah, apparently she's asleep, but she may join us a little bit later. We're not. We're not. Get entirely back to sure. work, slave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, congratulations and thank you to everyone who uh, gave to Team Limit Break Radio uh, for Extra Life. Uh, and yeah, as, as far as Alamo City Comic Con goes, uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll talk a whole lot more about that over on Final Encountercast. We want to, we want to invite you to join us at five o'clock over there. Uh, and uh, we're going to be on that. On, 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 on this episode, we're going to be talking to James Arnold Taylor. That's going to be coming a little bit later. Of course, the ha, vo- ha, 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 ha. voice of Titus, as well as uh, Johnny Test uh, and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. He's done a ton of voices. Uh, Fred Flintstone, he's, he's, I think, the new voice for Fred Flintstone. Anyway, uh, he's going to be uh, talking with us a little bit later on in this show. And then over on Final Encountercast, we're going to be vo- uh, joined by the voice actor from uh, Dragon Ball Z who plays Goku, Sean Schimmel. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about uh, the SAG After Strike over there. So if you want to get two perspectives on the SAG After Strike, we're going to be giving it to you in spades, I guess. Uh, so join Amazing. us. Yeah. Uh, so join us over at Final Encountercast at five. Again, we're going to be talking to Sean Schimmel. Uh, about the SAG after strike, and we want to thank both of those guys for giving us time. Uh, it, it was it was really amazing. I can't wait to share some of my stories from uh, out at Alamo City Comic Con. Uh, all right, let's check out what's going on in FF14 news. This is a limit breaking news update. So, of course, we saw the release of Patch 3.45, the addition of the endgame levels of Deep Dungeon. Hell. Hell, I guess. Okay, sure. We'll go with that. Hell Dungeon. Uh, We also saw new animal weapon story quests have been added. Uh, Players uh, will be able to enhance the strength of their animal weapons by completing couple of quests uh what do we know uh, i actually have not looked at this at pretty, all i hear it's pretty stupid simple. and easy yeah, yeah you need 50 cores which you can buy for 150 lore each also there is a weekly quest to do is it five leveling roulettes three, three leveling roulettes that will give you 10 cores and then you can also do an expert roulette quest every day for one core oh yeah so basically people are like if you just sort of casually do it you can easily do it in max two weeks yeah easy mode yeah, it's super easy. Wow. That's pretty disappointing. Yeah, that's correct. I mean... Well, after this last one, you're probably still working through that. Juxta, how far along are you? Uh, I'm not even halfway. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I stalled out on it big time. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it does seem just like... I, I, like, that's the second, like, gimme step that I think that we've had in this relic quest. What was the first gimme step? Aether I, oils? Was that this step? Well, not... Or, th- well, this, 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 yeah. This expand Was it? Huh. I don't remember. That was the second, the third step, yeah, right? Yeah, third one. I yeah. mean, I just feel like it's very, it's like very comparatively toned down from A Realm Reborn's relics. I mean, it, it felt like I remember 
every step of that relic. And because it was all different. Like, every way to get that relic, I feel, was very specific. You know, you had to go and do books. You had to go and gather light. Whereas, as we've mentioned with this one before, there's always lots of different things that you can do to help gather what you're So, yeah, you end, you end up being like, oh, that I Oh, I gotta farm yeah. Laura again. Whoops. Yeah. Again. Well, yeah. 150 again. Laura pop, that's nothing. Yeah. Crazy. It really is. No time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It just feels like that shit should be more meaty, but whatever. Well, it is for the bad players. <laughs> Owned. Wow. Juxta. Uh, okay, well, uh, Escalia, you've what? given up on being a bad. Uh, Anira, have you done your anima quest at all? No. Well, then what do you care? I, I don't really. I'm just, it's, I mean, it's my... <laughs> if you're not doing the content, you can't have an opinion That's about right. it, Anira. Yeah. Why, why would you not want to do every bit of content this game has to offer? You need to have fun by doing all the content. Are Every you, single content you be, should be done. Being serious right now? I'm being Nika right now. Oh. Oh, okay. Now it makes she's not sense. Even, she's not even here to defend that or get offended by it. All right, to be fair, if she was here, she still usually can't defend against Papa, her. can you uh, be Nika for us for today? Can oh, be yeah, offended? be Nika. I like that response. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. That's what Nico would say. Well, the femro uh, he's got the, the, the femro pipes. I know, it's on. really yeah, good. That's, that's accurate. That's accurate. He's a little uh, short. Uh no, I look, it it, it yeah, I'm not there. I haven't been working on it. I've been, uh, you know, very, very lazy. I haven't been working on anything. I've not been playing much. You just haven't I'll be been honest. working. I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, like leading up to FanFest, I had kind of disconnected from As playing playing the game mm. a lot. And where where you guys got to come back and immediately reconnect, I, you know, I my head started going towards, uh, you know, Alamo City Prepping and for that, yeah, and getting ready. See, it's, and it's I, not- I never. And uh, like when I reconnected, I only like half reconnected and then I was gone again and out for four okay, days. But it's not fair to say that, that that you've been lazy. Like you haven't been logging on or playing FF, but you have been keeping busy and you have been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So give yourself a little bit of credit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that, that's not you have a lot that's of not shiny Pokemon accurate. now. I know. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, uh, actually, you'll be glad to know, Enero, I even actually finally for real unsub from world of warcraft i didn't oh, actually do it when you oh, told me to that's good <laughs> so i i mean it, it, well you know let's let's put a pin in the world of warcraft thing we'll come back to that we'll 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 after we get through the uh the update notes and and we'll we'll come back to world of warcraft but uh you know like yeah i i only really kind of half reconnected uh and then flew right back out for uh for alamo city and uh you know coming back it's when you've been disconnected for almost three weeks, it is so hard. To, and, and I'm not even talking about like the podcast or plugging back into FF14. I'm talking like I'm having trouble plugging back into my life. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fucking weird. I and, slept till 5 p.m. yesterday. Jeez, yeah. Just you're a terrible. No, no, human no. Because usually I'm up at like one or two, like four or five. I actually start to feel bad about myself. Yeah, I, I honestly, I can't sleep that late. I, I took yesterday, I, to be fair, I had a bit of the con plague coming back. Both times. Both times. Like, you I, had a bit of con plague going out to FanFest. Yeah. I feel like it's been one sustained... Like, I think it's just the Nero plague. It's, it's, I think it's just the Nero. Why oh my god, you have a scoliosclerosis. <laughs> no, come on. If anything, it would be a Nero AIDS. 
All right. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Me. Okay. In your ear aids? <laughs> so it's, 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 not, aids. it's not inaccurate. It's a lot better than the pot poops. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, I mean, like, yes, uh, on my that way on out, on my way out <laughs> to FanFest, I was feeling a little bit under the way. It just feels like one very light, sustained sickness for like three fucking weeks. So I took yesterday and completely did nothing but sat around and watched uh stand up and and did wonder trading on pokemon and uh yeah like i'm only now just really starting to reconnect and really starting to get back into not just my life but also ff14 and everything else so uh i am still you know this is sort of a disclaimer a a way of saying like yeah i'm still very disconnected from ff14 and if i mean all i have is you know my opinions to go on if you want me to comment on experience juxta uh I'm not sure. I'm not sure that. I'm not sure that I I can do that. I'm not sure that I can do that. So, Jesus, did you even try? I no. I've been trying very hard. Thank you. Anyway, uh, so some new side story quests have been added. What lies beneath and dead but not gone. Uh, What are these for? Uh, Oh, that's Palace of the Dead. Oh, that's the new Palace of the Dead stuff. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. And it's good. Uh, Well, the quests are kind of dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was real, real complex. Click, click Talk- on this guy. You've completed quest. You're done. Yeah. The quest itself was done. I mean, Palace of the Dead. Fair enough. All right. So let's talk about Palace of the Dead because this is the biggest addition from 3.45. Uh, we got uh, floors uh, 50 to 200, right? Yeah. yeah. 51 yeah. to 200. Uh, so uh, have you guys had a chance to go in? Fuck what are you thinking? Yeah. yeah right. That's all I've been doing. Really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. It is so well, tell me about much it. fun. I, I'm ve- like, I, like I said, I'm very disconnected right now, mm-hmm. so I feel like I I, I got to be the interviewer. Sell in a Nero yeah. on playing Final Fantasy fourteen again. <laughs> no, right. like, what, what, <laughs> what's what's so good about it? What, what did they do right here? It's, it's dynamic content. Okay, like, cool. Like it, all right, That's first good. of all, it's the exact same thing that we've been doing, right? right? And yeah. from floor one all the way up to two hundred, you are literally doing the exact same thing. Okay, but the fact that it's it's random every time you go in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, random based on the layout, mobs are still the same. And, and I, actually, when I realized that mobs are the same based on every 10 floors, that was kind of like, eh. but your pomander use, the traps, like all of this stuff, you have to remain in the moment. You are making decisions based on what's happening, not based on a pattern. And that alone keeps you engaged uh i have, can't auto well, at least at yes. least that's something different from yes, from yes. most of the other content in mm-hmm. 14 yeah and and even even when you get to the point where you're good like like i have a, a static that i do with juxta diamelos and heart slot and then i have one that i'm doing with heart slot diamelos and zemless right yeah everybody knows what they're doing but you still have to communicate with each other there has to be like one maybe two people in charge of pomanders otherwise you get people like zemless going can i use this fortune pomander at the end of a floor it only affects the floor you're on everyone no <laughs> uses pomander <laughs> god damn it zemless sounds like a scuro move to me it was a total scuro move yes but you're right like what's nice is you might do the same set of 10 floors two times in a row and they'll be completely different experiences i've been doing t- leveling up two save files at the same time mm-hmm. trying to get my weapon caught up and the first time i was doing like 61 to 70 the first time it was just a regular kind of run through we all had no problems getting through it uh, until we start getting to the later floors and they start getting hard. The second time, though, we got a bunch of rage pomanders right off the bat, and that it was helps. a completely different run. Yeah, yeah. But what's great about it is when you're doing, let's say, savage, for example, 
you know when the oh shit moments are coming. Yeah. Every savage battle is the same because the pattern's the same, right? Yeah. No matter where you are, what floor you're on, how far in you are, how many pomanders you have, when you run over a luring trap at the same time that you spawn a mimic, oh shit. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you poop your pants. So yeah, some extra there's no, mobs. There's no puckering about it. It just comes right out. Some extra mobs pop, and then you like try and take a step back, step on a landmine, and take down your party's oh HP. My oh my yes. god. Yeah, Traps man. Add, they, they, they add that that little extra bit of dangerous flavor mm-hmm. in there. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and the thing that I love the most, which I recognized uh, last night as a ninja, is that <laughs> all of that those skill sets that I spent all those years in Final Fantasy XI developing are coming back into play. Things in here aggro either by sound or by sight. Hmm. And you have to know what it is. And if you're a ninja, you can use hide to like scout around and get chests. That way your player doesn't have to worry about fighting through those areas. It's the difference between five minutes left to go for a boss fight on floor 160 and 25 minutes left to go on a boss fight yep. for floor 160. You're wow. S- okay. You're s- yeah. You're so right. I hadn't even thought of that. But y- when you play Palace of the Dead, you can tell, like, if you're with randoms, who played 11 and who didn't. Because you can tell who knows how to dodge sight aggro and who doesn't. It's so blatantly who knows obvious. in the hallways? Yep. So, uh, it, it did it, I mean, because like, I feel like I didn't get any sense of this style of play going between 1 and 50. No. And is that because, I mean, do you guys think that that's because of the leveling up mechanic? And now that we're at, we're at level cap, it's more like... Oh, okay. Now I really see what how this system absolutely this system's potential can yes. be used. When I first did floors fifty to a hundred, uh, I was still leveling up a weapon because I just got my Patalogy daggers or whatever. Heart slot, who's been soloing through Palace of the Dead, hers was almost at max. Okay, right. but even with one at max and with one under leveled, we kind of sh- I don't want to say struggled, but you can tell like with some of the meteor mobs that had more HP, it took a while to get them down. Right. Right. When we went back through our second time and we had two dps that had almost max weapons you tear through things so easy that even 50 to 100 seems like the old one through 50 okay but then at a certain point when you get into the 100 floors you start to feel that 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 meat from the uh the mobs come back again and the biggest thing isn't even necessarily your your weapon how much you're hitting them but your armor as well. Juxta, would you like to tell us about your experiences of going to floor 100 <laughs> with right. severely underleveled armor? Okay, so basically the problem was that uh, I wanted like decent weapons, so I turned my Aether gear, which was like at 43, 45, and I p- turned it into a Pelagi weapon to get uh, my, my outside weapon up to date again, kind of. And so now my gear is like at 13, 15, and I was maybe half the HP of our white mage or our what was it you had like 4,000 HP yeah so I was basically weakened the whole time and just carried me the whole time double weakened the whole time he kept getting one shotted by everything ah yeah. yeah, so it really plays like a huge, huge role in it. And at the same time, the other thing that I like about that, now that they have the, the leaderboards in there, yeah. everyone who goes in there, especially once you get capped, is on the exact same footing gear-wise. This is 100% down to skill. You can't have any kind of benefits or bonuses from your gear and your weapons. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and a thing that I like is it kind of harkens back to 11, where if you know what you're getting into and you 
come prepared, then it makes all things a lot easier. Case in point, healers bring echo drops for the trap that pacifies and silences you. Oh, if your healer gets hit by that, then you're kind of boned for 30 seconds. But if your healer has echo drops, then they can... Uh, cleanse themselves and cleanse the other party members and just move on with your life. Or if your healer is good and is hanging back in the hallways, they don't get hit by the traps to begin with. Well, let's 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 not get carried away here. <laughs> but no, you're right. There is an important to that. I bring max potions in because if you get in a run with no healers, you better be able to keep yourself wait. What? Up why, and around. why wouldn't why you would, ta- why wouldn't you take a healer with you? Yeah, random matching. Oh, oh, honey. You sad bastard. Hold on. You're a dragoon. I hear that dra- dragoons are really good for souling. I think they were one of the first ones to get to, to floor 100. Uh, they're pretty good overall. Yeah. I mean, they do find DPS. I'm saying you should bring some max potions. Someone steps on a trap, you can heal yourself. What about your wyvern? Yeah, your wyvern can heal you too. Yeah, oh, what about that? Wow, okay. Healing you're, breath? You're just a monster. Come okay, on. Okay, great. Aww. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, so, I was happy. Man, good times. So let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about the rewards here because uh, you know that was one of the big I don't know criticisms that I had of one to fifty was that there didn't really seem like a very well justified reward yeah. to be able to take out of it. You got the weapon and the weapon is cool, but it seemed like all of the work that you were putting in really only helped you in that system and it was immediately outclassed i think two weeks later yeah when they came out with the the augmented what were those uh lore weapons yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the accursed horde has done wonders for deep dungeon okay first of all it, it adds that that aspect of like randomness and like mystery and like what am i gonna get what am i gonna get what am i gonna get yeah i mean a lot of the times it's just fucking fireworks uh but <laughs> there's tier five materia okay that's which, not bad it's brought the market way way down but it's still at a point where you know you can still sell off for a few hundred 200k and now as someone who doesn't do end game rating i'm actually at the point where i'm starting to feel justified putting tier five materia into my gear okay i wouldn't over meld it but yeah i'm actually looking at it now and being like i get so much more that makes sense. Crit with sure. all the stuff in my gear, so that's sure. cool. Right, but you can also get. Uh, they've added the high replicon re- or replica elegant gear to. Um, yeah, so that's not bad. It's not because barely anybody crafts those for a right. few reasons. The first reason is that you have to do coil to get a lot of the mats to do it. Right. The second reason is when it comes to things like leather worker, there's no reason to specialize into those. Except for that. Right. Okay. So nobody does right. it. Yeah. Now, granted, it has crashed the market. I mean, some of those things are only going for like 20K now. Yeah. But some of them are still going pretty high. At 100 plus, you get the glowing uh, primal stuff. So like, you know, the Garuda weapons that glow, the Mog weapons that glow. And oh, then those, those are still going for like okay. 800K, 1.4 mil. Mm. I sold two of them last night. I had 2.7 mil waiting in my delivery box. Well, I got to there because I got the uh, Titan Dragoon Spear and it started at 2.3 well, mil. Well, it just looks like shit. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's the dumbest looking one. It's yes. dropped to like 80K now. Because yeah. like, no one ugh. likes it. Yeah, that, that shit to begin with. But yeah. it's also super popular right now because it just came out. Give it a few more weeks and people that are just in it for the novelty will probably stop doing it and as we've both said before i mean okay scalia it's cool that you got up to what floor 90 in your little mixed party 110 110 in your mixed party 
that's pretty legit. I don't think you're gonna get much higher unless you get really, really lucky. Is it, is it gets that crazy? Oh, does it, dude? Wow. Especially at 150, like the 50 to 100. If you don't have maxed weapon, like you can tell, there's a big difficulty curve, right? Sure. And even 100 to 150, it starts getting more difficult. But at 150, they were not kidding at FanFest. It's fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. The Posh Panda in the chat says, the gear from uh, Palace of the Dead should never stand up to current raid slash scripture. It's too casual of content to warrant it. Uh, it being one tier behind those is fine, though. Well, it doesn't is actually... It I'm not... Hang on, hang on. I wasn't saying anything about the stats on it. I was hoping for at least something like an exclusive set that only came out of Palace of the Dead. Aha! 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 Okay. Now, I haven't seen this firsthand myself, but I have heard accounts that if you get to floor 200, you get uh, an item that you can turn in that gives you access to a new unique set of gear. Get the fuck out of here. And I've heard, again, again, people can correct me in the chat. Get the fuck out of here. I don't think that's true. That sounds like an urban legend right now. Like, uh, to me. People have gotten to floor 200, though. I know that they have. Can somebody confirm? Yeah, because that, that to me. I don't think That's Square it. Enix would have would do that. That, that to <laughs> me sounds really smart. So I don't think Square Enix did that. I know it, it, it throws up all of the the red flags. That sounds mm-hmm. to me exactly like Tyson Jin drops refresh scroll. <laughs> hey, he does. That's what that sounds like to me. In my in my return trip, I found him and I killed him and I got a refresh scroll. Um, do you guys remember the Black Pegasus in Sorkai? Yes. That's a mount that drops from the Cursed Horde 150 to 200. Okay, that's pretty cool. That yep. is that's, pretty, that's cool. pretty cool, I gotta say. There was a uh, a black mage that was sitting on it right next to the dude, and it's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I thought that you got an earring out of getting to 200, but... That's what people seem to be saying in the chat. People are saying that they're earrings. They're fucking ear... Oh, are you that fucking- better not be it. That'll be stupid. Square Enix, you put fucking gear in there right now. It's a set of earrings, two colors. See that now? Now that that's like a slap in the face because that would have been great. I think that that yeah, you know, like if there was an exclusive gear set or at least one exclusive piece, more so than a fucking set of earrings that you could get out mm-hmm. of that. I think that would be a big deal, even if it was something that you know stats wise was kind of useless. Like yeah. I, I always thought, I for a long time, I you know while it was still new and people were still struggling to get gold on it. You know, the Odin helm was so cool like that because it like meant something when you saw it. Things don't have to have gear. Glamour is the real end game. It really is. It really is. So, I mean, like, it's surprising to me because like, and I don't even think like putting it at 200 is a lot. Like, that's why I thought like, no, there's no way Square Enix would do that. And being a pair of earrings makes sense. But if they had made an exclusive set that came from Palace of the Dead that was like, I don't know, even I-190, but it just, it was exclusive glamour gear and put that throughout uh, Accursed Horde Drops, man, that, that... You don't even get a title for getting to 200. I think you, yeah, you would have gotten way, I think you would get way more people who would want to do it. I mean, Absolutely. it's... Absolutely. It's great that the elegant the replica elegant gear comes out of there like that's a, that's a good idea especially because that market was fucked but if it was exclusive man it could have been so much better yep uh there's also uh you can get wind up edda i've gotten two of them the first one i managed to sell for 1.3 mil before the Oof. market bombed it Woo. down to like 100k yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah so lucky i got two as well yep yeah. i got another one that i used uh you can get the orchestrian role black bosom which is like uh edda's like theme you have to get that from the accursed horde 
And when you clear 150, you get access to another orchestrian roll that you have to buy with pot sherds. And then at 200, you get access to to another orchestrian roll with pot sherds. So, I mean, if you're, you know, if there's a collector in you when it comes to stuff like that, there's still a reason to go to 200. Uh, All the minions that can drop from Aquapolis. Aquapolis. Aquapolis can drop in here. And I guess there's also some Palace of the Dead specific furnishings like floors and walls and, and, and stuff like that. And someone's saying that you can craft something that goes in your no, house you with- get when you clear 200 you get an item that you can either turn into the earrings or a furnishing or an outdoor furnishing for your ah, house that's your okay, trophy cool oh, okay mm-hmm. i also ah, heard okay. that if you uh if you level dragoon all the way up to floor 200 no. solo no i'm not you get a wyvern pet you get a wyvern pet uh, no no that's wrong it doesn't give you the pet but it does give you a new skin if you already have the pet it's like an undead skeleton <laughs> one no it gives you an earring oh you idiot didn't we just we and you can sit on the bench too. You can't sit on the you bench. You do get to sit on the bench. <laughs> Let me tell you though, guys, seeing screenshots of like that sort of empty, like Promivian looking area and actually being there, two entirely different things. That place looks so fucking bad ass. Mm. It is so amazing. There's, they have like these cool particle effects and like the walls are like shifting sand. Uh, there was actually one instant when we zoned in. It was right when we started floor 160. And we zoned into a room that had one way out of it. And all of our cameras were facing the dead end. And the walls don't look like walls. They just look like like this foggy like sand. So we zone in. That's all that we saw. We thought it was like a fog of war situation where you don't actually get to see where you're going <laughs> till you're already in the room. And we're all like, oh, shit. And then we turn around like, oh, whew. still scary, though. Uh, hentai girl in the chat saying, "Look, limit break radio clue, crew excluding Nikai's casual and of course casual <laughs> complain again when things are exclusive and need more brains. Great nerf incoming. Thanks, you quackers. Wait, Nikai, Nikai, I just, quiet. I really just wanted to read it because quackers, quackers is a new one for me. I've not." Heard that was level? That, was that a mistyped Quakers? Is he saying we're a religious group? I no, don't but, think so. Quakers. Wait, wait, wait. They're saying that we're complaining that things are exclusive, but we literally just said things need to be more exclusive. That's what we want. We're happy. What? No, we want it to be even more exclusive. Uh, do you do you even listen? Uh, the is, that, is, that, is, space that, is that your duck impression? Yeah, that's my duck impression. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the view, hentai girl. For the view? <laughs> yeah. You want to hear my impression of a duck choking on a pencil? <laughs> Why a pencil specifically? I don't know. Oh, okay. That was actually, I think that was for, I stole that joke you from a stand-up comedian. You son of a bitch. I guarantee you I did. Like I know that I, now. I know I saw that on like Comedy Central in like 1993. Why would you steal that joke? I, it's, one, it's one that I, <laughs> I stole it when I was a kid. I knew that, I knew that it was stolen when I took it and I've been telling it ever since. I don't know why. That comedian has played the longest game with you on that one. He's like, I'm going to get one person to remember this stupid joke and that's what they're going to remember oh, from it's my a, bit. It's not even a good joke. Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Stealing uh, makes everything better. <laughs> now, you want to talk about some impressive stuff that's being done with Palace of the Dead. Alright, so there is an achievement for soloing to floor 100, which a few people have done. Uh, you get the title The Lonely Explorer. Which, oh, it's so sad. Come on, Square Enix. This has been a perfect time for us to be like the king of the dead or the queen of the dead. That would have been a pretty awesome title. Yeah. So the title's not even good? Yeah. Oh, the wow. Lonely Explorer. Yeah. 
but there are people who are trying to now solo to 200. Oh my god. Why would you not? Wait, all right, you've cleared 150. Is it possible, do you think? It might be possible to solo to 150. You're not going further than that. No, okay. No. No. Uh I think as of yesterday, uh, Hartslot was telling me there is a paladin who's leading the charge. He was like going through the 140 floors. Uh, a scholar had actually made it, I think, into the 130s. But uh, yeah, there was a, there was a few handfuls of people that uh, that were getting up there. So I don't kudos. see how you wouldn't just time out. I th- honestly, I think that's the biggest risk you run going through there yeah. is timing out. Yeah. Now, what really sucks for those soloers is when you wipe and you don't have like a re-raise up. When you're above 100, you have to start back over at 50. Ooh. Oh, that's how far back it sends you. you eh? Well, because wow. you have to get to floor 100 with no party wipes in order to progress further. Right. Wow. Once you get a party wipe, that's it. You have to start back over at floor 51 again. Right. Yeah. Ooh. 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 I thought you started back Ooh. over at 101. I didn't realize it was back to 51. No, I'm pretty sure you have to go back to 51 yeah. oh. because you have to have no party wipes just to get past 100. Yikes. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Mm hmm. That's rough. <laughs> so, were, was there anything added, uh, like, I don't know, like, objectives or, no. done, you know, like, puzzle? No. Because, I, I mean, the, one of the things that I always loved from Nizul was uh, the lamps, you know? Yep. Like, the lamps was was a really great aspect. It took some party coordination. Anything like that going on? Not yet. Hmm. However, and I know that we've said this before, but I feel like we've finally gotten proof that Square Enix can follow through with it. There is room to expand. Oh, <laughs> now, we've on. heard now, this before. A lot of people, if you think back to the Halloween event we just got, a lot of people were like, guys, this is a proof of concept. Mm. Right? Because they had a mm. bunch of these different objective-based things that they were doing in there. Mm. It would be so mm. easy for them to now toss this into here. And now remember, they're also looking at Deep Dungeon because Deep Dungeon is the event name. Palace of the Dead is just the dungeon name. Right. So going into, I don't know if we're going to get another one in the 3.X series, but going into 4.0, I'm you know, sure we we'll could get, get yeah. you know, the Palace of Sand or something, right? Well, the way that they made it does seem pretty modular in the way that they could deploy new versions of it. You know what I mean? Like, they really all, all they really need to do is change Change the textures that are applied uh, to you know that set of floors, and boom, you've got it, it's the system is pretty much mm-hmm. you know the, the they're setting it up to be the same uh, you know moving forward, and I think that that's smart. It's a good way for them to create more content quickly that you know uh, they can you know make relevant through a number of different ways. I just I would I would have loved for it to be uh, you know the rewards out of it to to be a little bit more thought out yeah um mv is also saying that another thing that sucks for solo players is that if you get disconnected from the server the game counts it as a wipe oh that sucks yeah then you have to start all over again Ooh, that does suck Yeesh. yeah i mean especially if you you know if you're dealing with comcast or something <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a that's a dicey proposition oh which by the way sucks fuck you and nero oh why apparently all of our dc issues are because the router that you gave us is outdated the router the router the router the router yeah uh you told us that the the firmware is probably corrupted to be 130 dollars to repair it okay look here's the here's the problem okay you're trying to use a router where you should be using a router okay routers well you gave us the router routers are 
used to unclog your toilet. Routers are used to help internet communications. You need to know the difference. So predictable. Tell us all about your router problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have a new one coming in the mail by Thursday. Uh, so hopefully good. our DC issues will be a thing of the past. Yeah. I, I, I look, when, when Juxta was like, hey, do you still have that router? I was like, yeah, I have it. <laughs> As he starts to fish it out of the trash, he just threw it in. <laughs> uh, well, good. I'm glad that you'll now have your own router and not my hand-me-downs. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. By the way, if you want to call Limit Break Radio, we invite your calls. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, we'd love to hear from you all about Palace of the Dead. What do you think? Was this a good addition to FF14? Uh, is the challenge there? Do you think that uh, you know that that they could have added even more of a challenge? Do you like the dynamic content? Do you want to see more of this moving forward? We want to hear from you. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. I know that there were some people that wanted to sound off also about the Stormblood announcement uh, that didn't get to uh, two episodes ago. If you'd like to join us and talk about Stormblood, whatever, we'll take your calls. Limit Break Radio on Skype, one zero five one five eight seven one five limitbreakradio.com slash discord kooky will help you get connected to the program let's talk to wyatt turk who's been hanging on the line what's going on wyatt hey guys how are y'all good man how are you i'm a little sleepy but i'm doing pretty good thanks for joining us here on limit break radio yeah i uh i just wanted to say thanks again for the uh the super cool fan fest party that was a ton of fun dude thanks um, for coming out man yeah it was uh it was a lot of fun seeing everybody get totally ripped after the after the first day i i I would like to apologize that it wasn't so good you don't remember it (laughs) that's true (laughs) well i had to you know i had to walk all the way down the strip back to the cosmo so i didn't want to get in trouble fair enough (laughs) in vegas buddy yeah i don't think uh well to uh not to get into too much details but i did kind of have a squirrel moment a few years back and i don't want to repeat that you know what (laughs) i i had a squirrel moment a couple of years back in vegas it's all right we all have those you're allowed to have one speaking of which uh (laughs) we don't have to feel bad about squirrel paying all that money for the hospital bill oh why is that apparently he had been to vegas before spent somewhere around like two to three thousand dollars and like, didn't Ooh. have enough money to get back home. So this time, he said he had saved up a bunch of money. So he had the money handy to pay that bill. Oh, He's good. just like, I wish I wouldn't have had to spend it. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. We're good. Uh, him going and getting so drunk he had to be EMT'd out is not his worst Vegas story? I guess not. Ooh. Yikes! That's yeah. that's pretty bad. I gotta say that's pretty bad. Okay, so he's what, not allowed to go next time. <laughs> what was your what was your nearly squirrel moment, Wyatt? Um, well, we had gone to the Strip Aria. Club? It, oh, okay. No, it, we were staying at the Aria. It was the first time I've been to Vegas like twelve times. It was the only time I. This is the second time I haven't stayed at the Cosmo because I like I love the Cosmo and I get a bunch of like member discounts there. <laughs> but we wanted it. We we wanted to try something new, right? So we stayed at the Aria. We heard good things, and it was awful. It was terrible. Oh. Like the the service was really bad. Like um, a good example is like at the at the Cosmo. As soon as you roll up in a taxi or whatever, it is those people are you know snappy right on there 
asking you what they can do for you. Like their their service is like the best in Vegas. Oh, we didn't. And then that. it's Aria. They're like, eh, we don't really care. You know, like you're here. You're gonna give us money anyways. Like fuck off. Like right. Yeah. That, that was the, the like everywhere else on the planet. So really, yeah, the lesson yeah. is don't try anything new. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, so that night we uh, decided to tie one on, and we went to this nightclub, and. I just started ordering. I think it was Long Island iced teas or something oh, like that. Oh, or, dangerous! Or yeah. te- Texas tea or Long Island iced. Tea. It was like some original concoction they had that was like a play on it. And uh, I just had way too many and just kind of lost track. And then like I woke up in the uh, in the hospital and they were like, oh. "Yeah, you got like super drunk and you were like passed out in a hallway." Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> Ooh. I hope you that's what the doctor scurl. said to you. You, that, yeah. no, you didn't end up at a children's hospital, did you? No, it okay. was a normal hospital. Okay. But okay. luckily for me, I have I have the uh, the VA covering all of my hospital bills at public <laughs> there hospitals. You go. So oh, great. I was just like, all right, I'll just uh, I'll get a cab and I'll go back to the uh, the hotel and have like the worst. You didn't you didn't quite day. you didn't quite have the financial impact that Squirrel felt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh good. That's good. Uh so well we're we're glad that you were able to survive your squirrel moment. That literally is a squirrel it moment. It really was. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I think I think doing that is going to forever be known as pulling a squirrel. Oh yeah. Uh, Hashtag classic squirrel. There you go. Uh so Wyatt, uh what did you want to talk about today? So the real reason I called in was I wanted to talk about something that has to do with the uh, the game cycle so far, and it's kind of a repeating pattern that is oh, yeah. a little disappointing to me. <laughs> and it's that for the third time in the 3.x cycle, I find myself not really motivated to play the game because there's nothing new to do. And yeah, they came out with Creator, and there's another Anima Step, and there's more Palace of the Dead, but it's basically a retread of everything they've put out. This You're cycle. not wrong. And it's like, so with Gordius, the problem was that it was so difficult that a lot of people lost heart and were just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't feel like doing this anymore, and that caused a lull. And then they came out with Palace of the Dead, and for me, it, it's kind of a novelty thing. Like you do it for like the first few days, and you're like, you either really like it or you're just done with it how high have you gotten out of curiosity uh i haven't touched it at all this okay because right. like the first time i was like this is kind of cool if you like the dungeon crawly kind of kind of procedurally generated uh-huh. stuff but for me it just gets really boring after about i don't know floor 20 and it becomes like a very grindy kind of stuff and like sometimes we would have people in like a voice chat or something and we would kind of be fucking around mm-hmm. and it would it would be fun that way right but let me issue you a small challenge all right i would like you to pick out three of your friends and just once attempt to make it to 200 you don't actually have to get there but just get as high as you can and then call back into a show and let me know if your opinion has changed okay and if and, i can and, convince them to uh to do it <laughs> well and here's the thing like the people, you talk about stopping yeah. after floor 20 yeah. the first 40 floors of palace of the dead are boring as shit yeah, they, yeah, they really are. Like, that's, that's mostly what it is. It's yeah. forty-one and up where Palace of the Dead becomes fun, and like especially, I thought floor one hundred to uh, one hundred one to one hundred ten was the most fun I'd had in Palace mm-hmm. of the Dead. It's getting better as it gets harder. Yeah. So yeah, yeah really, like fifty-one to a hundred feel a lot like how forty-one to fifty felt. It's kind of that only a little bit tougher, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where it's a lot more fun. Yeah, and then you have the creator stuff which 
is like the complete opposite of Gordius, where they wanted everybody to be able to do it, right? So the right. difficulty has gone way down. And then you run into the problem where you get like your your main job or like your main two jobs or whatever in that 255 to 260 gear level, and you don't need any other gear at all to complete the 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 final four turns of it right so you run into this problem where it's like why why do i need to log on every day to do dailies why do i need to cap weekly why do i need to grind out this new step of the anima when you don't need any of that eye level you don't need any of those stats and let's and let's also remember that we're on the cusp of the last patch yeah. of the expansion so we and we're gonna forward to is the next little bit of story which i i want to do that like that always interests me right and the next 24 man which will probably be fun like all of the match stuff so far has been pretty pretty okay to do uh i don't really like having to do it daily or weekly or whatever but doing it a few times maybe getting like the the set that it drops will be fun but those two things is really all we got to look forward to until the expansion. So exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and we're going to have a long period of time in between this final patch and the expansion. And, you know, and, and creaky doors, I'm getting so tired of this argument. (laughs) Does this guy (laughs) killed 12 12 savage? You know what? That's, it's that's a stupid question to even ask because it's irrelevant. Like the problem is that, the path to progression is so fucking linear. Like, you know that it's uh, it's basically a, a, a binary choice. It's either tone gear and upgrading your tone gear or it's rating. Those are the only options that you have. If you want to do some other shit, there's some other shit to do and there's some reasons to do it. But the, 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 the thing that was so great about... Final Fantasy XI and MMOs of that era is that even when you got to the end of what felt like a, a linear progression path in in leveling, like once you got to the end of that, the world really opened up in terms of things that you could do. And it feels like in FF14, there's just the, like when you hit cap, there's like less things to do than than with other way. Than, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just. I mean, I'm just. What? <laughs> I'm, 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 let you, I'm let no, you finish. But it's just funny because this is something that somebody who hasn't cleared a twelve savage would say. That's all I'm. That's, that's all I'm going to put out there. It's a stupid <laughs> argument to put out there. It like, is, oh, yes. have you? But you haven't done this, so you obviously can't. You can't speak. Well, no, of course not, you dummy. Okay, yeah, I haven't done well, that. Here, I'll say this. I'll it, say do, this. it doesn't. If, it's if not. Creators, it's not. It's not required. I don't like. I don't need to to do it to actually know what you get out of it and the reason to do it. It's just another fucking the best, piece of progression. The best metaphor that I've heard for the way this progression works is current progression is like look you have to pass over this huge pit of snakes and like quicksand and spikes and all this terrible shit to get to the treasure or if you wait a couple weeks they're going to build a bridge around it and you can just walk yeah kind of and and it really like it really sort of does feel like that sorry i didn't mean to cut you off what no it's fine like what i was going to say is that the thing with the whole alexander story for me is that it's kind of a it's not as fun as as coil was and for me personally i can't really put my finger on why i don't like it but i don't feel the same level of fun and enjoyment doing it that i did when we were doing progression raid in coil 
and it's just it, the the first like the first week that it's out, you're like, oh, this is new and it's shiny. But then when you start getting into it, it's just like I don't really even feel like doing this because I don't feel that level of drive and mm-hmm. fun and yeah. accomplishment that you feel because it's like it's either everybody is already done it or everybody is going to do it once they get gear and a lot of times back in especially like uh turn nine and third coil it was like it didn't matter how much gear you had you had to know your stuff and you had to be good to be able to do it so if you were one of those people that was like yeah i got it done on the first week then you felt really accomplished because you knew that people weren't ever going to do it right because of its level of difficulty and it's it kind of had a little level of exclusivity which was also nice whereas now it's like who cares yeah because either you're you're gonna do it the first week and you're gonna have it on farm because of skill or you're gonna have it on farm four or five weeks down the line because your stats are so high it won't matter if you mess up mechanics and so why even do it if you just don't want to do it like it just doesn't make sense to make that an argument and 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 the thing is is that it all it does is just make content easier it's not a necessary step to get into content you know uh, other pieces of content or you know what i mean like like there there was this very real phenomenon in mmos for a long time where you know you got to a certain point in your in your gear progression and then you were like able to do other stuff and there's a little bit of that here but it's i mean as long as you're keeping current with tome gear or keeping current with the expansion there's no reason to be best in slot other than you can go oh look at my numbers jizz like who fucking cares about that who fucking cares about that shit like i honestly the people who sit around and and fucking match e-boners with with parser scores like i would much rather match match e-boners with fucking gear you know what i mean like it used to be that people would show off with gear and now it's oh look at my GPS score and it's just fucking dumb like that is objectively dumb and it's not fun and as an MMO player it's not something that fucking interests me at least with gear I can walk around and walk through town and people go oh shit look at that like you can't really do that with a fucking DPS score you can shout what your DPS score is and look like a fucking asshole (laughs) if you really want to do that and then get banned from parsing yeah but (laughs) why like where at what point did it change you know did did the psychology and what drives people to uh want to do something like when did it change it did away they it changed when they did away with exclusive gear because in coil the gear was your it was your show off because coil was like difficult in Uh content and that like the only way to get that was the RNG of it dropping when you completed it. Right. So you couldn't just be like, oh, well, you know, I don't even need that gear because, you know, like scripture gear is, or is best in slaughter, like crafting gear, pentamelded is like better than that crap. And it's like now in Alexander, it's kind of like an eventuality rather than something that you had to like hope and work for. Right. And it's, that's kind of the thing with all gear in the game now is it's, it's an eventuality. Yeah. I think you, like you made that point a few episodes or, or whenever ago where it used to be when you would go to Mordona and you'd see people up on that, that one building, like flexing their new coil gear, you'd be like, damn, I really want to 
like work hard to get that. I want to find a group that can, or you that can, can just, that. or you can just wait seven months and get a diable version uh, out of a random yeah. chest in fucking Palace of the Dead. Uh, Tsan twenty one asking, what does this guy find fun anyway? And the answer is nothing. A Nero can't feel fun. That's right. Yeah. No. I. The, I. I've. I felt it once back in 1999. And what were you doing? I. You know. I, that's the Himself. weird first that, time you were masturbating. <laughs> that's the weird thing. I don't even remember. Uh. No. But uh, look. The thing is. The thing is. And, and and here's why I get so annoyed by this argument is that it's just a way to dis. Uh, to discredit someone where they go where you know like they they it, it, like the problem is is that these people actually don't have a point to argue back like when you say hey what you know if you put better rewards to to incentivize more participation in this event and make them more exclusive they just go oh yeah but have you done a12s yet and, and here's the thing and it's and, and that's not you're not addressing the fucking argument what you're doing is just discredit me by asking what I haven't or haven't fucking done. Which is ridiculous because guess how many people benefit from more incentives? Everyone. Guess yeah. how many people get screwed? No one. Right. It is a 100% win-win for them to put more incentive in there. Right. Exactly. But no, these fucking mental midgets don't know the difference between between having to actually put forth an argument or a counter-argument to anything. Instead, instead they just go, oh, well, you haven't met some arbitrary, uh, you know, arbitrary, uh, 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 you know, uh, fucking... Uh, High watermark or whatever. I don't know. I lost the <laughs> word that was. I know. A minute there. Uh, you know, it, it, you you haven't met this uh, arbitrary objective that I've set for you in my head. So therefore, you're not qualified enough to talk about it. And the fact of the matter is, is that you don't need any qualifications to hold an opinion about this. You don't. You you could have a level four character and still have an opinion about this because when you look at the loot pool it objectively doesn't really give you a whole lot of a reason to want to participate in palace of the dead so i mean if you want to sit here and argue oh well i've looked at your lodestone profile and you don't have the right to have an opinion about this go fuck yourself you you can't argue the merits of what we're talking about probably because you can't keep up with the discussion i mean i don't know that hentai girl i could barely even make out the sentence structure of whatever the fuck they were saying so i mean honestly if you want to try to have an honest conversation call the show if you want to try to argue the point call the show i'm more than happy to have a discussion about this shit but when you sit here and go oh well but you haven't done this okay yeah sure fine it doesn't change the opinion about it and it, and you're not arguing against it so we're not really doing anything. Uh, Wyatt, thanks very much for the call. We uh, we appreciate it, man. I'd also like to thank Wyatt for uh, being a Patreon donor now for over a year. That is awesome. Wyatt, thank you so much for the support. We uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, we always like hearing from you. And uh, yeah, we, we hope that you can find some, uh, some motivation here towards the end of 3.0 or maybe even in the 4.0 cycle to, uh, to you know, stay engaged, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, well, we uh, we appreciate hearing from you. If you want to give us a call, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Kooky will help you get connected to the program. We would, of course, love to hear from you. 
about anything that you want to talk about. If you want to talk about uh, Deep Dungeon Palace of the Dead, if you want to talk about uh, the Stormblood announcement, if you want to tell drunk stories, if you want to just drunk shame Skurro, really any Skurro shaming is always a totally justified reason to give this program a call. Again, that's Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715 and LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, so now, Kyle, you had mentioned that the uh, challenge definitely starts to present itself mm-hmm. like the you you start to feel it what at floor one you said 150 one 150 is definitely where it hits the point where like every single floor every single room like i feel it like risk of death is everywhere. one of one of our big i think advantages that we have is is that in the earlier floors and really just all over we try to limit pomander use to only using it if we found a chest that has one and we're already at cap like we're always at almost always at three rage pomanders so we if we find one all right i guess we're raging this floor um and that way you never find yourself in a situation where like you really need a pomander and you don't fucking have it i want to always use a safety which takes away all the traps or a site which shows you all the traps every single floor because I'd say nine times out of the ten, that's what's going to fuck you up is just hitting the wrong trap at the wrong fucking time. It is so scary. Interesting. Now, Jux and I, uh, on the way down here, we're actually talking about party comp. Okay. Right? Because... Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. About what, what you should be taking and what you maybe shouldn't be taking because there are actually, you know, going into Palace of the Dead... Obviously, you want to be able to do damage. Duh. But since most of what you're fighting are, you know, sort of trash sort of mobs, taking in just the straight up highest DPS outputting jobs isn't necessarily going to be in your best interest. I mean, when was the last time in in any kind of content, specifically raiding, though, that like a ninja was a must have that that a ninja could bring something to the table that nobody else could. Palace of the Dead. Hmm. Being able to hide and walk past site aggro stuff. Um, let's see. When we did floors 150 to 160, I think we had somewhere around like five or six minutes to kill the final boss. And and usually the way that we do it is spending no more than five minutes on a floor. That way you should get to the last boss with like five to ten minutes. Um, and that was with me playing it really safe because it was the first like hell floor. We didn't really know what to expect. I was afraid that there were fucking traps everywhere and we were running into some really really nasty monsters but the majority of them was sight aggro so from 160 to 170 i threw up height i went the opposite direction started popping chests and stuff like that and we got to that boss with 25 minutes left that is a huge difference Mm -hmm. and it was all because i was there on ninja right interesting i i so do you think that uh that other uh, events can be designed in such a way where party comp matters a little bit more because that's I mean that's a really fascinating thing to me that you know based on some of the less used skills in other uh, you know in other applications that when used in Palace of the Dead become kind of clutch uh, you know is is that is that something that you want to see only kept to Palace of the Dead or is this something that they could bring to the overworld and have success with it's a really tricky sort of thing um, I think that when something like this shines is when it's not tied directly to damage 
Because obviously, I think in most aspects, when you have a job that outshines another one, you end up getting these stigmas like what we had back in FF11. You know, where like the early days, no one wanted a dark because they couldn't hit anything. Or in the later days, all tanks had to have ninja sub. So people start to get excluded from things if sure. you only play one job. So. I think that in one hand, it's probably more of a negative thing. Uh, but if they can find an interesting way to do it, I mean, when different jobs bring different utilities, obviously that is far, far more meaningful and far more interesting than when everybody can do the same thing. But it's a really hard thing to balance. I mean, I just I, I just wonder if that's something that they can lean into in some of this, uh, you know, uh, battle system redesign that they're working towards in 4.0. I, I mean, it it. One of the big, I think, criticisms that a lot of jobs, uh, you know, have between each other is like, oh, what's really the difference between uh, a warrior and a dark knight besides their DPS output? You know what I mean? Like, there's not there's not a ton that changes between the roles. So if you are taking, you know, like there is positional differences between monk and dragoon and stuff like that, but the differences are fairly minor. Yes. And one of the big complaints with, you know, introducing a new job, like say a blue mage. And I see this right away with blue mage is that, it's really just going to operate like literally every other job. The only difference is that the way that the cutscenes are going to be presented to be able to unlock those abilities, right? Yeah. That's really the only difference. You're not going to have a big shift or a big change or something that's really inventive like you did in FF11. FF11 specifically Blue Mage where you had to go find a, a monster that had the ability that you wanted to learn and then not kill it but face away, wait till it used the ability on you and then like you had a 15% chance of learning it or some shit like that that was a very unique way that that job operated Mm -hmm. and there's no way to be able to bring that to FF14 they're going to streamline that like they have everything else and it's just going to be the way that the the story is presented to you and the you know you're not going to have to do things like you're not you know it's it's not it's it's gonna feel like an ff14 job and not like the blue mage that everyone is begging for i think that the way that ninja ends up playing in palace of the dead i think it's just a a happy coincidence i don't think that they can look at an event and and ask themselves how do we make each job unique because then you start building an event around classes and that's not the right way to do that's also fair i think maybe what they could do is looking at palace of the dead if they maybe see some classes that aren't being used as much maybe they could find a way especially in in 4.0 you know it's going to be a whole new leveling system we're going to get new abilities maybe what they could start doing is looking at giving more utility abilities to jobs that aren't going to affect dps but will affect stuff like traversing through palace of the dead right you know like uh if a dragoon got some type of like you know jump move spell that was more like a movement thing so they could jump from one end of the room to the other without taking any kind of aggro that would be cool. Sure. I mean, you know, having uh, Shikuki, the bamf with Ninja, is really awesome, but it's technically just you're moving in a straight line. So even when you bamf past something with sight or sound, you're still, you're still going to aggro it. Right. Or if you try and bamf over a trap, pretty sure you're still going to hit that trap. Yep. So it, it is a nice thing to have to get around faster. Sure. But it also has some limitations. Well, House of the Dead is the first event I've done uh, where I've actually 
taking a moment at the beginning of every run to look at what my party comp is and say, okay, where are we going to be strong? Where are we going to be weak this but time again, around? And like, I run into that, like as a dragoon, I am terrified of luring traps because my AOE damage is not great. Everyone should be, t- yeah. uh, you know, well, yeah. higher floors, it doesn't matter. You don't AOE because they still have ungodly, ungodly HP. Ungodly amounts of HP. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the, everything that I'm hearing from you guys that is fun about Palace of the Dead is exclusive only to Palace it of is. the Dead. It is. It's not something that affects the overworld or like that even in concept you could really even bring to the overworld. And and I don't know. I think that that's a little bit concerning. Like, yeah, it's cool that there's a mode of play that appeals to you and that you like and that there are some rewards that you can take out of it. But it feels, you know, like to me, it feels like there should be more people a doing it right now and that that's inherently a limitation of the rewards that they've put in there. Do you and, think, do you and think that, not enough people are doing Palace of the Dead right now? And well, have you seen Quarry? mill <laughs> yeah and that but but it's i mean it's only like that because we're like what f- four or five days into patch 3.45 yeah, what else in, is there to do yeah in six fucking mm-hmm. weeks it's not going to be like that Probably in not. in seven weeks it's not going to be like that uh you know and and so you know when you think about long-term viability it's like diadem nobody thought about the long-term viability there were people in it for that patch and when that patch passed Everyone went on to go and to do something else, and it was just the gatherers who stayed in Diadem. Yeah, and and the thing is, is like I, I what I would want to see from Square Enix and the development team is just a little bit more forethought. Like, okay, once this is no longer the thing to do, the current thing to do, like how does it still stay viable you know long what? term? And I don't see any of those answers here. But um, no event can I, do that right I, now. I would like to see traps put into other things. Why can't we have, like, you know, random ads spawning in dungeons, right? Okay. I mean, there's no downside to that. You're trying to pull that whole first quarter of Zelfatol because that's just what you do now. Right. And once you get near the door, boom, another three mobs pop on top of you. You could probably take them, especially the better players. But in some instances, that's going to add that little bit of, you know, yeah. or a toting trap. Like, why wouldn't Beastmen or, or some of these old places like the Great Google Library, which is, you know, has been... You know, chained off, and there's all these things in magic. Why wouldn't they be putting down warding spells or traps for you? Sure, it, it makes a lot of sense that stuff like that could also be put into dungeons to add a little bit of spice to them. They did this at the a little bit in Hullbreaker Isle normal mode. They had the random bear traps on the ground yeah. leading up to there, and then they those just, were a nuisance. You know, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but traps. he's right though. Yeah. He is right. The, they I mean, experimented with it, and people and they and the, probably complained. The placement of them was totally random too. No, yeah, that yeah. was actually when I think about that, that's it. It is something that they had not repeated anywhere else, um, and and that's an, a very interesting point. But again, you know, like the styles of play, the the things that you guys are complimenting about the system are exclusive only to the system, and they don't really come out of there. You know what I mean? But and, it's something they could put elsewhere because it, you're doing the exact same thing in palace of the dead every single time okay and really it's just the way that they've arranged them the only difference is is going into it it's not going to be exactly the same layout as it was last time sure and that's the problem that people have with raiding or with dungeons is that mobs are always in the same place mobs always use moves in the same exact order all they have to do is provide a little bit of more randomization to it so that you are reacting 
instead of memorizing. Hearest, all of those things were static. They never changed. The placement of the the dropping balls in Holly Tolly never changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think that that's you know that's, that's something that you're talking about yes. is the dynamics of that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and we knew SC when they made Pals of the Dead. They said they wanted it to be something very different. So my yeah. hope would be that when they if they get positive feedback on Pals of the Dead, say oh maybe we have something here. Yes, you maybe do. Maybe this is what players are into. That's mm. where I would hope we would see this this kind of stuff expand eventually out yes. of House of the Dead. The way that you should be working our brains is we should be problem solving in the moment. Right. We shouldn't be going and watching videos and memorizing before we go in. That's fair. And I, I think there is something to be said for the way Savage Rating works, where there is an element of, all right, let's have the chalkboard session beforehand, make our plans, how are we going to handle this when it happens? But there's also something to be said for the random genera- uh, generally rated, eh, randomly generated problems that you right. come across in Palace of the Dead. Yeah. No, that's, uh, you know, that's, you guys got some uh, some good points there. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash discord. Got a lot of mouthy fucking people in the chat today, but not a lot of them want to talk. Theory, Palace of the Dead is just one giant Petri dish for testing features they want to implement in the full game. You know, Mr. Jack, that's an interesting theory, and I hope that that's true. I, I hope that that's true. Uh, but what other what other concepts could they take out of Palace of the Dead and apply to dungeon structure to make it more interesting? Uh, so, uh, yeah, again, we want to encourage uh, you to call in the show Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Don't let your fingers do all the goddamn talking. <laughs> Don't sit there and hide behind a Twitch screen name. Don't sit there and hide behind a YouTube comment. Give the show a call we're live right now and take your calls to give you a voice we'll be so gentle if there's, if there's something that you don't agree with give us a call we want to hear from you limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord again let's have a conversation about it not just uh just you know oh these guys don't know what they're talking about click that gets so irritating Oh, these guys. Oh, you didn't do this. Oh, you got you didn't run Garuda Extreme when it was relevant. Click. It's just a way for people to discredit you and then not listen to what you're saying or argue the point. The point of it is that there there could have been much more long term interest driven in Palace of the Dead by giving even just exclusive visual rewards out of there. And I mean, great. We got a mount. We got stuff for furnishings. But gear is where the fucking that's where your bread is buttered as an MMO. You don't have to call in about Palace of the Dead. You can no. call in about anything. Hentai girl, if you want to call in and shame Skrull on air about his bad opinions with Monk, you can do that too. Yeah. We'll probably help you with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you would get a whole lot of uh, whole lot of resistance mm-hmm. on that no. one. Yeah. Yeah, his bodyguard's not here today. Uh if you <laughs> and again uh, and again, uh if you want to talk about storm the Stormblood announcement what you're looking forward to about 4.0 general thoughts about 3.0 whatever it is you can uh, do that limit break radio or limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limit break radio.com slash discord if i can pick coward 
If I could pick one thing for them to add or change about Palace of the Dead going forward, I don't think it would be anything mechanic-wise, because right now, it's super fun being able to run through it with people on Discord. You know, the, the, the cooperation that has to go into it and, like, the focus. What I would have them add going forward is just more rewards to it. So once people think they're done with it, they have a reason to go back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll probably still do it for tombstones. That first day, Tuesday, when I was when I first did it, I was nearly capped on scripture. Wow. Yeah. It gives 30 once you get to the top floors, it gives 30 scripture per 10 floors, 60 lore and 30 poetics. Yeah, it's great for just capping your tomes. If you don't want to do dungeons anymore, good. Go in Palace of the Dead, have fun. Dungeons are theoretically still quicker. We did a Zelfatal and a Google in like yeah. under 15 minutes each. But you just have so much more fun wow. in Deep Dungeon. Well, interesting. This game isn't about fun; it's about tombstones per hour. Yeah, it's about grinding your face into oblivion, and nothing else. It can be about nothing else. Oh, and the, cat girls. The other it's thing also about cat girls. The other thing that I like to bitch about. All right, so when you beat floor fifty, yeah, uh, or floor one hundred, basically each each of the fifties, you get a pot shard. Right? Pot Pressured. Now there's also a very very low chance that when you open a brown chest. Somebody will randomly get a pot shirt. Pot shirt. Uh, from like 50 to 100, 150, that chance actually goes up quite a bit. We got like over 10 of them the other day. Wow. Square Enix, you need to make it so that it drops to people on a rotating basis. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Dude. Okay, Come we on. were going shut up. Shut up. up. It, was like, it was like heart slot, part shirt. Zemless. Yamalos, Zemless, Zemless, Heart Slot, Zemless uh, Leaf, Juxta comes up. in, Juxta gets one, Juxta gets one, Juxta gets one, uh, Heart Slot gets one. Where's my fucking pot shirt? Someone you know where all your fucking pot shirts Fuck are. Fuck you. It's from Fuck all the time you. you're loot whoring, doing expert dungeons, yep. doing You loot whore just as much. That's karma, I tried, bitch. But you know what? You got them all, so look, there you go. Look, I, I have the worst luck in, in MMOs out of anyone, ever. I mean, even going back to F. F11. I never got the drops that I wanted. Well, that's your the, fault for being a no, dark knight. No, it's not. It's not because it, what I realized is that all of my Pokemon, all of my luck was reserved for Pokemon. I was playing the wrong game, okay? So, it's not your fault. It just means that RN Jesus hates you. Yeah, but he has terrible luck with Porygons, too. What's his game? Oh, no, I we don't know yet. Oh. We're still trying to find out. It might be Dark Souls. You know what? Oh. I am a Dark Souls prodigy. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, no, no. He, I'm that guy that beats it with the guitar hero guitar. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't know it. He he refuses to play it, and so he'll never know. Uh, let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Zidane of Exodus. What's going on, Zidane? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. Yeah, um, it was good uh, seeing you guys live out at a Relic G-E-T-T-E-U. <laughs> Dude, I got to meet, uh, I think, a Nero and a uh, Scalia. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Damn. You have to meet the <laughs> best people. Thank you. That's right. Let me they, go put my balls in a Scalia's head real there, quick. I find <laughs> but, but, but I couldn't go to the, uh, the, the party. Go, go yeah, away. <laughs> no, we 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 wish that you could have come out come out to the party as well. It was uh, definitely hopping, but uh, yeah, we're glad we're, glad that you found us. Oh, go on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was calling about, like, uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, you guys were talking about Zelfatol and uh, how you get bummed that uh, that was probably all Zelfatol we were going to see. Yeah. And uh, I actually, not to stoke the speculation fires anymore, but I had uh, seen an interview about a month ago where Yoshi P actually was saying specifically that that was 
He said it was going to be a huge field, but we were just going into the main base, and so we weren't seeing the whole region. So I wanted to. Interesting. Interesting. How did we miss that? Yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't know that I saw that interview at all. That's really interesting because, uh, and again, and I'm going to go back to to citing the naming conventions because when we went to Corthus, uh, you know, when when we were basically all we had was Dragonhead, we were right. in course uh, uh, Corthus Central Highlands, which meant you know a lot of people thought we'll never see another section of Corthus. That you know it's it's done. But in my head, I was like, yeah. Because it's named like that and not just called Corthus, we'll probably end up seeing another uh, another section of it. And with right. Zephatol, what we have is you know we've got uh, you know just an area named Zephatol and not some kind of like sub name. And that's yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that makes me a little bit concerned. What we don't know is there may be a region uh, that's it's just not called Zephatol. Like Zephatol is the overarching region, but the the sub areas in it may have different names. Maybe. Right. Kind of like Albathia's spine has like, um, you know, it's the overall region, but then Sea of Clouds is within the, the Albathia's spine region. Right. Yeah. No. And and that's the thing is that and I that's that's what made me think that whole section of the map was fair game was because yeah, Abalathia's spine. We don't actually go to the mountain range. We're mostly above it, you know. And so we don't really actually have that much context for what's beneath those clouds. And so yeah, that could that could definitely be an area that we end up seeing. Although you know, it would be weird to. You know, get an area like Abalathia Spine and then not get Zelfatol because you would think that that would need to connect somewhere. But uh, interesting, you know, again, I'm not uh, not sure how we ended up missing that interview, uh, but. yeah, if if you've got a source on that, we I I know that we would love to sit down and uh, and take a look at that. But uh, very interesting, and uh, you know, interested to see what ends up uh, becoming of uh, Zelfatol. Uh, so thanks for uh, calling, Zidane. You got any shoutouts before we let you go? I uh, know that's it. All right. Well, thanks, Zidane of uh, Exodus, for calling Limit Break Radio. If you want to call the show, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. Uh, and, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I would be very disappointed, and I and I said this on, uh, you know, the last show, but uh, I think I would be very disappointed if that's all we ended up seeing of that that area of the map, if, if we just wrote off Zelda as this you know mountain region that's not really worth going to uh i think mountain regions in mmos and video games can be enormously interesting places uh so long as you're limiting flying you know like the first time through a mountainy zone to me seems like there's a lot of really interesting uh you know opportunities for some some very fascinating zone design if it's Um, cauldron and a toa chasm i I was yeah yeah, uh, Ottawa, Ottawa Chasm is one that I was thinking of just because of the the mountain climb that exists there mm-hmm. uh, that you had to do in FF11. All the miasma walls. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great zones. I can't wait to go back to Ifrit's Cauldron. But, but you know, like the Makes way... Have water clusters. The way that they they Ice. did, uh, you know, um, uh, what do you call them? The Aether Currents, you know, like you can have a very interesting tour of the zone before getting the... You're, you're flying 
access. And I, I think that a zone that is a little bit more dangerous, that's tough to navigate, where getting all the Aether Currents is like, damn, like that's kind of a big deal. That would be nice to see. It wasn't even like that in Oz's Law. Mm. You got a nice tour of Oz's Law when <laughs> when you got those Aether Currents. But it, again, it was like a foregone conclusion. It wasn't if It wasn't like an earned storyline in Oz's <clears throat> Law. You actually had a pretty safe route through there. And then you that's never true. really go yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. That is true. Uh, Refresh Azure saying, we need more caves. No one does caves in MMOs anymore. Yeah, amen to that. That's true. Caves have kind of gone by the wayside. I I would like another Movilopolis. That's what I want. Well, how often often do you guys go into the back of, uh, you know, the... the uh, Ogamaro? Yeah, Ogamaro, yeah. Um, and, and go, wow, this is really well designed. Never. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that. The thing is, is that, uh, you know, you can do tunnels. You can do an enclosed area well, and it's been done before. Move but they, they need to, yeah, but they, they can't just be a series of interconnected tubes. time. Yeah, <laughs> interconnected tubes, basically, yeah. You need way bigger, way bigger set pieces than that to be able to give a sense of space. Uh, yes, uh, Bad Baller, they did make Aether Currents easy now, but that's only current Aether Currents, and this is in like what two thirds of the way through an expansion. That's fine. What I would like them to do going into 4.0, and I think I mentioned this on our last show we talked about WoW, was hold off on flying. Flying doesn't need to be available as sure. soon as you hit 60. Yeah. Right? Turn it into like a little achievement or something that you do like every few patches, and eventually. You get flying. Make us walk around. Put luring traps yeah. out in the real world. <laughs> you know what? Way back when we were talking in uh, 2.55 and we are talking about flying, I said it's, uh, I'm not looking forward to flying. And guess what? I'm still not looking forward to flying. But the cat's out of the bag now. We're going to have flying from every expansion forward. Yeah, it does seem like that. Uh, do you guys think that they'll ever add something like swimming, or is that just a oh, stupid addition? Please don't. That's, I, 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 see, I, every time anyone suggests that, I'm like, why do you want it? Name one time underwater combat or swimming was fun and didn't never, make you never. nauseous. Blitzball? It's not even combat. It's a minigame. Well, I'm just and saying. you were always that's, on just one plane. And that's what, yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying that's, that's what people would tell you. Uh, anyway, let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Barlock Backbiter of Bernhilder. That's a lot of a, that's <laughs> well some good done. alliteration there. What's going on, Barlock? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for uh, calling Limit Break Radio. What's up? Hey, just want to talk about uh, one of your last callers was talking about rating and how you know you can't get motivated. Sure. This patch. Yeah. I kind of think that this is the best patch to actually raid in this game. Okay. I did. I did the first two tiers. I only got the first and second floor of each one. And the raid teams broke up, and it was just a total shit show. Sure. But, I mean, when you look at it, this raid tier, you're guaranteed to have the best gear. from the, Like, you don't have to worry about it until the next patch comes out. Right. Well, mean, that's usually how it is, though. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it until the next patch. And, honestly, that's our biggest complaint is right. that why go through the hassle of smashing your face against these raids over and over and over again and contending with RNG when you could just wait till the next patch? Well, I think what he means is, isn't this time you're not going to have to worry about your gear being outclassed until the next expansion, right? Yeah, Yeah, but but again, it was was like that in uh, in the transition between 2 and 3.0. But when when we saw 3.0 come out, I mean, dude, I was replacing gear by... God, 54? 54, yeah. 54, yeah. Like, and, and to me, like, okay, if I'm going to do all of that work, if I'm going to do all of that legwork, especially at the end of a patch, like, I should not be looking to replace gear for at least 
you know, till at least like 4.1 or when the next rating cycle <laughs> yeah, comes out. Okay, no, I'm going to disagree, but I'm going to disagree you know with you. I mean? No, no, that, yeah, but, but, but to, no, no, no. To me, that would feel like a justified investment for my time. Sure. What, my point is, is that unless I really love the design, Unless I really feel like I need that design to bring, you know, my fucking glamour together or to bring my my set together or I really feel like I need that one specific piece. You know what? The fucking stats don't fucking matter to me. Here's the problem too. uh, uh, uh Bert, Bertoff, is that right? Is that who we ever Barlock. 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 Okay, so there you, go. you get 270 right now out of the raids. And you're right. This is the last Savage raid until the next expansion. All right? But Scripture Gear is 260. When 2.4 drops, guess what? My yeah, Scripture yeah. Gear is 270. Right. Exactly. And so why do Savage? Unless you actually enjoy just the act of Savage alone, which I get. And that's great. Uh, so, uh, Master Something Wong's going on in this about, oh, blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, it's not fun. What do you want? Blah, 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 blah. For some of us, Smashing our face against the keyboard three right. nights a week to yeah. do something that's the same pattern over and over and over again isn't fun. And, and before you say, well, you haven't done it, guess what? Every single extreme primal is the same thing as savage. Right. And and the, and I think that the point that, again, we've been making is that it's not even the structure of the content that's the problem. It's knowing what you're going to get out of it for the work that you're putting in. And again, I really feel like all it would take is just one very difficult piece of gear that someone has a chance at getting out of there. You know what I mean? Like, like just that, that it, you know, if it, it, people have you know, been shitting all over us. Have you done 12 Savage? Well, you know, if there was a you know uh, a 1% chance that these amazing hands would drop out of it you know like maybe I would maybe I would want to but no it's you know the gear that's coming out of there you you know you know like the the the, what's exciting about the loot pool other than oh it dropped for the job that I want it on it's again it's a pre it's it's like a, a a predestined reward. It's not. It it takes a lot of the excitement, or uh, you know the uh, uh, you know the drive out of it for a lot of people. If if there's not an added reward like that, plus you've also got the real problem where people will go and get the gear that they want out of it. That the, you know they it's you get two of them every single time, and you know like. There's once they get what they want, there's no reason to go back. And that's that's a big problem for me when it comes to long term goals, like long term reasons to get invested in knowing these fights, because you get someone who invests themselves and themselves in knowing the fight so well. And then, you know, they get what they want and there's no literally no reason ever do it again. You know, and that Uh, that fucking sucks. uh, I mean, for us, for my raid group. One of the big things is once we actually get through the whole all the raids, every single one of us mostly has most of our classes at sixty, so we can gear out all our classes. We don't have to worry about doing scripture for any of them. We don't have to worry about doing any of the raids for any of them. I mean, and so us, so it gives you, so it gives you it. it gives you a pass for not logging on for six months. Is that what is? I mean, really, that's uh, sort of like what we're talking about here. Uh, I mean, not 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 entirely. I mean. The loot system itself, though, I mean, that's one big thing that's... I mean, it's fun for us, because, like, right. this week, our Dragoon, 
who I fucking hate with a passion that rivals anything in the world. Got his belt. Be nice he, to Ascalia. His, he has. He, yeah, exactly. He, I mean, he has everything. He's all set on a nine. Yeah. But I mean, that's fun because, you know, he got everything. Right. But now, you know, he's going to keep going with us while we keep doing the rest of the raids. Right. Right. But it's not I like think, it's not like he's not going to, you know, get anything out of a 10 or 12. You know, like there's there's still a reason for him to be there. But like once. Dude, like once once that's done, you know what I mean? Like once you've gone all the way through the entirety of the raid, you've got all of the pieces, you've spent so much time learning all of these fights. Like why but, you know, why why keep why keep even logging in? But that's a concern in every MMO and it's a concern no matter what the reward is coming. If there's a story attached to it, if there is a really low percent chance drop item in there, once you have it or once you've seen the story, why keep doing it? Yeah, exactly. Once you once you have it, but the thing is is that if you made the output of it so unbelievably low that there's four instances of the item at all on the entire server six weeks out from doing the event that means something but people are here's what people are going to say mm, there's nothing in the game that requires me to have that item fuck it that's true but it looks awesome that's true that's true that, it's shiny that is, that is something that definitely sucks you know there's nothing that it really requires to be all decked out know, this is, yeah but this is the first time i've ever done raiding I, and I think it's a lot of fun i mean how many but uh, how many times would you like if you had that baller ass gear in other mmos and i i can't speak from experiences because i don't know what this is like but when you had that <laughs> baller ass gear dude a lot of people would just stand around in afk they'd be they'd be a presence on the game they'd be plugged into their link shell or their their whatever you know their their uh uh, social community for the game but you know they wouldn't necessarily uh you know be an active part of a static they they'd be like a fill-in you know like dude uh, there were a lot of people in our old link shell that were like that uh, excuse me i was like that during um salvage salvage Fuck, exactly yeah. and, and when i got that first piece of salvage gear and like you just sit in there like like you turn it and it's like all right now you have to wait till conquest reset to get it you're like oh you motherfucker just I think, give me that piece right now i think just the 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 sheer fact that we're sitting around talking about glory gear and people are like yeah but what's the real point of glory gear shows how far removed we are from having glory gear in this game it's sad people don't remember how often awesome it was to get that piece and be like fuck there's three of these on the entire server i'm gonna stand here and make sure everyone fucking sees this item on me and oh by by the way you know like you're still logged on you know like you're i in fact i would say that there are people who became more engaged after getting that uber item because they would want to go and show it the fuck off you know like there's i don't think you get any of that in this game there's not i don't run into as many people who get the majority of their raid gear and then go fuck i want to show this shit off they fucking get it and log out and they're like okay well when's the next patch and that i think is the real problem it creates an attitudinal problem in your community see one thing i think they should do is kind of like wow does i think they should make it so that like shire gear and savage gear can be upgraded and maybe like you know five item levels ten item levels but maybe your shire gear is a little harder to upgrade than your savage gear I That's something I'd like to say. Something else that that might help, and and me as a player where I currently am, I wouldn't like this, but this might actually push me into trying raiding. Is if they disparaged the uh, or, or, or or pushed the gaps a little bit more. So instead of getting that two seventy upgrade and two point four, 
we didn't get it till a little bit later. So we're not just waiting like a patch or half a patch. What if we had to wait two patches right. before we could upgrade it? Right. Then that might actually push some of us to start raiding more because otherwise we're going to be 20 item levels behind raiders. Right. And look, I get Square Enix doesn't want to force people into raiding and I understand that. But at the same time, like I feel like there should be an, adi- an added as- uh, 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 you know, incentive for the people who do devote all of that time and who do end up getting the rewards that they need very quickly and then check out like the 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 problem that the 14 rating scene has had is that you know people just don't stay plugged into it either they end up getting burnt out because the mechanics are too much for them or their rating party falls apart or whatever let me let me ask this to some of the people who who have been giving us all this you don't raid i'm just saying like of the people who get it and who really get it Mm -hmm. you know like once they have their shit there's not much reason to stick around you give one you you know you give even you know like one fucking reason for them to stick around just one here's the thing over incentivizing it would give you more reason so that's the question i want to ask people like master uh Master something, whatever your name is, uh, uh, Hentai Girl, um, Tonbarian, all of you people that are basically saying that you know we're wrong instead of just fine the way it is. If they put more incentives into Savage, will that ruin something for you? Yeah. Do you not want more incentive to, to do it like Tonbarian says? He's fine doing it for the challenge with his friends, and that's great. Good. That is one hundred percent great. That's awesome. But if they add more incentive, you can still do it. For the challenge. That doesn't lessen your accomplishment for doing it for the challenge. And actually, it should increase the body count of people wanting to go yes. in. And that's the biggest There's problem that this is had. No downside whatsoever to adding more rewards. Right. None. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And 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 I get like we've been saying this for a long time. That that the problem that rating has is not the challenge associated with it you can adjust that either way all you want it has been the loot pool for a long time and that's just i I mean that's just one one thing that you can do among a bunch of different decisions but that seems to me to be the easiest and the one that plays on the psychology of mmo players the most i think you would get the biggest return for doing something like adding either exclusive gear or glory gear or whatever it is to uh you know either to raiding or palace of the dead or whatever we're, we're talking about here uh you know and and to me it just seems like you know you have the talent to be able to design those pieces of gear and then they kind of get wasted being thrown into dungeons as random chest drops like a lot of these a lot visually a lot of these pieces of gear that come out of dungeons is are they're very well designed and a lot of people will run dungeons over and over again to be able to get those glamour pieces so why why not put the glamour pieces in a place that's a little bit more off the beaten path and you know what yeah like it that that would definitely make the process of having to get those glamour pieces more frustrating but you would be throwing more bodies into the pool of potential players for both raiding and palace of the dead or whatever you know whatever it is the 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 uh, event that you want to promote this fucking month ton barian says i take no issue with more rewards honestly i just don't buy people saying the lack of rewards is 
the reason why they don't raid. And you're right. That's not the single only absolute reason. Uh, oh, no. There's there's a lot of reasons, but it's not about reasons not to raid. Give me one reason to raid. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, give me one more reason than, oh, it's just the next tier of gear to raid. You know, like, give me a, a reason beyond that. And give other people a reason. The people who and I and I'm really thinking of the people who invest their time in in getting this and getting the rewards that they wanted out of it. There should be an an added reason why they would want to come back after getting those rewards. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as the looks of the gear, I mean, at least they had the smarts to actually change. You know, from normal mode to savage raid, how it actually looks. You Smash. know, that was one of the surprising changes that they made. Like, I was actually really surprised when they when they made that choice. But it's I agree with you that it's a good choice. I kind of wish Nika was here because I do what, too. Because what I'd like to ask her, because obviously she she's been one of the biggest proponents for you know raiding, 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 raiding. Um, did she clear A4S Savage? Like, did they actually clear it after the fact? Did they clear a eight savage? After no, the fact? I, I I asked her about this before. I don't think that they did. Why? Uh, I, no reason. You should to? you should be able to now. So so if 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 you know completing it and finishing it or or, or whatever is your incentive, why wouldn't you? Okay, oh, I I know why. Because once the new one comes out, the gear's already outclassed. Why would they go back and do a eight savage when the gear that they're getting from the the, the Shire gear yeah. is better? Well, because and and I mean you know still at this point a eight savage is quite challenging. Yes, so that's the reason why there's another glaringly inherent problem. At least in World of Warcraft, yeah, the previous raids still give you stuff that you can use in the next raids. For us, it is one hundred percent irrelevant. To do it, there's no reason. Dead right. content. Dead co- 100% dead content yeah. the second a new patch comes out. That's a good point. It's very the good. only reason you'd go back is if you wanted the mount or the minion. Or glamours. Yeah. But at that point, if it's just for glamours, just do what I'm doing. You wait till the next expansion comes yeah, out. You go and you solo it. If you're just doing it for glamours, you're not wasting your raid night going to do that. You only have a few raid nights a week. You're focusing on the new content. Yeah. And and that I understand, too. It, and it just it does seem like a missed opportunity on Square Enix's part to engage their community a little bit more or to push them. I, I feel like, you know, the, the Square Enix got pushed back on the first four floors of Alexander. And, you know, make no mistake, they were not very well designed. Uh, they were were pretty frustrating but i just feel like ever since then it's made them doubt all of their rating decisions and that you know the the next couple of uh of tiers that we got were just indicative of you know like oh we you know we've got to we've got to turn it around we've got to turn it around instead of having a concept and sticking to it and uh, you know i i see it in small concessions i see it in very small concessions and changes between the 2.0 or yeah the 2.0 and the 3.0 rating structure where you had to clear the previous turns uh before you could advance uh you know like small concessions like that i think are very indicative of how fearful square enix has been to lose their rating community and i think that that those those sorts of moves are bigger mistakes like you're you're actually making those choices way worse and i think that you're going to end up maybe you'll gain people back in the short term but in the long term it's really not going to keep people there if you try and go back, especially like yeah. going into 4.0, mm-hmm. it, I mean, maybe there's, there's a way to do it, 
But if they're not careful and they try to go back to a more challenging way, then yeah, they they run the risk of losing all of those ranks that they've just bolstered up by making yeah. content easier. Yeah, well, they, but they, if they, they really have backed themselves into a very difficult corner here. Well, going back to where they were coming out of Gordius, right? At that point, if they had said no, you have to clear A4S before you can go into A5S. I think they're saying goodbye to rating for this whole expansion. Oh, people, I don't think people would do it. People would have lost their shit. Yeah, for they, sure. They, they didn't have an option with Midas. They had to do it the way they did. Unfortunately, they, unless they wanted to say. We're just writing off rating for this expansion. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. And, and and I understand that some of those decisions were, you know, they they were justified, right? Like, I, I understand Square Enix making a lot of those decisions. However, I think that, you know, like, they the decisions they need to be making need to be for the long term. At this point, as opposed to uh, what can we do, you know, to stem the bleeding for the next six months till we get to the next expansion or the next patch or whatever. You know what I mean? Like so much of that has been has been reactionary instead of proactive or or following a vision. And I think that's really what I want the most is I want, you know, like if if I felt like this rating you know this tier of rating or this uh portion of rating had a vision behind it that square enix really stuck to i think that that would be way more defensible instead what we've had is like oh we want to you know we want to make this harder let's push up the dps numbers that are required to advance and then you know waffle on everything else that follows i I just it it sends a bad signal to me. Like it, it, it says to me that the development staff had a really clear idea of what they wanted for 3.0, but not as clear of a vision for or, or for for 2.0, but not as clear of a vision for 3.0. And I hope that they've gone back to the drawing board and and rethought a lot of these decisions moving forward to 4.0. It certainly seems like they had the way they talked about rating at uh, FanFest. Everything seemed very much up in the air still. I, yeah. di- I didn't get the sense that they have a lot of real, like everything's planned out yet. Yeah, yeah. So let me for, get four uh, Didn't um, I'm not 100 percent sure if they actually confirmed this or not, but didn't they say they were going to have Savage come out first and then the normal mode would come out the next patch? I, I don't think, think that'd be a big enough incentive for you to I, raid. I think they should do that. That would be at least a step in the right direction. Yeah, uh, I, I might actually at least attempt at that point because that would be like the meat of the patch and if i don't then what else am i going to be doing you don't think you're just going to wait like you're waiting now for the patch oh, i wait might. four weeks oh i might i might but maybe maybe not i don't know i think that's what most people will do they'll just mm-hmm. wait i think so too that's what i would do and that sucks for i mean for the rating community that really does suck I, that I, most people are more i mean it sucks that it's more people are more inclined to oh i'll just wait it out i mean i know they need to find a way to fix it but that's probably the biggest I, I, issue. There's I think just not that you a would big at enough least, incentive, I guess. I but. think you would at least get people who haven't been attempting it to attempt it. Because what what else do they have to do at that point? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might only be once or twice, and then they get discouraged. They go, oh, fuck it, I'll wait. Right. But That's- it's at least an attempt. And, and there's an extra little reward for raiders you right. guys get yeah. the content four weeks before anybody else does well that's been part of what led me to try and do raiding this time around if i don't the fuck am i gonna do until june yeah deep dungeon <laughs> it turns go. out deep dungeons go but like i've enjoyed raiding so far I that's heard, fun i'm glad for that i heard no, that not. floor 200 wyvern pet <laughs> there's not look there's I, no boss and that's the end 
But has anyone soloed as a dragoon there? Maybe if you solo as a dragoon and yeah. you sit down on the bench, yeah, there you wyvern go. comes maybe, flying maybe, down. Yeah, there maybe. you go. And it knows what your account is, and it's your wyvern from eleven After with the all, same name. It is Palace of the Dead, so where else are you gonna find your wyvern? Because it fucking died. Da 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 da. da. So, uh, look, I, 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 I've said this for a while and, uh, you know, even going back to the first tier of, you know, back when we had, uh, just, you know, the very first tier of Alexander is that if they added a third set of, of gear, you know, you've got your scripture gear, uh, or your tone gear, rather you've got your rating gear, but then if they added a third set of, of gear that was at the, you know, the the eye level that we're working towards, which I would assume is 300 for this one, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you had if you had a just a very low drop rate access to an I-300 piece back when everyone was rocking 210s and 220s, that would be a big deal. But it would not be a big deal beyond 3.0, right? Like, it's not yep. a game-breaking piece of gear. It's got usefulness, but it's, it's also got... You know, a, a, a built-in lifespan. Yes, it's it's got a built-in lifespan. Thank you. That's a very good word. Uh, th- you know that to me seems like a really good way of keeping people plugged in beyond what they would normally where they would normally tap out and it works it works they every that. time they did it in world war we were at fan fest i gave every my account time. to a friend to log in and do my little daily thingies for my chance at legendary items see but they Jeez. made they made it a little bit they, it they was like, did it was, was more accessible yes but it was if more, it worked on a wide scale why wouldn't it work just in rating exactly see like wow did it wrong where it was like a door prize that you got right like and and a little bit wondrous tales is a little bit like that too mm-hmm. and you know not having that gear be you know 100 percent competitive with the other tiers of gear that's a good idea it's like the wonder the way that they did wondrous tales very very smart but imagine if you had like again like you had that that way to fast forward and get that i300 piece back when everyone's rocking 210s 220s that is you know that first of all it would be a gear set that's locked to having to to grind that old content or you know maybe you give them a fast forward button when when you get to the end of 3.0 uh but you know it's if you if you want the glamour for that that's a lot of legwork if you just want the gear it's a lot of fucking legwork and going back on it once it's complete it's still a lot of goddamn legwork and but people will do that kind of legwork for stuff that they want on their character i mean we see it all the time with cosmetic stuff like mounts we see it all the time with you know uh with with uh furnishings and stuff like that people will really go out of their way and the fact that 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 kind of legwork isn't uh, you know, isn't included for anything that we can really wear, right? Like, there's no piece of gear that's like that where it takes so much time and effort where you see someone in it and you're like, fuck me, that's impressive. You know, like, that that needs to be a part of this game. It's something that has been a central part of MMOs going all the way back to your very, very first wave of MMOs and it's a it's a important psychological aspect yeah. to have for your community alright I mean as far as the gear though I mean like I think seeing someone in 270 is a pretty big deal at this point I mean yeah it is I mean I went into a trial this morning and I had the other tank had all his 
270 accessories, I'm like, oh shit, this is going to be a really easy thing. Like we're going to get this done real quick. Sure. Sure. If I saw someone in full 270 in idle shower, I'd be like, oh shit, that guy's a fucking badass. Yeah. You're like, oh dude, that's awesome. But in four weeks, I'm going to be right where that guy is. You know, like that's sort of, that's sort of my thinking. Like I want to have the reaction where, you know, like, you know, where, where you're seeing 270 and you're like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty fucking impressive. You still have that reaction to 270s, but then you check the guy next to him and you're like, what the fuck he's rocking full 300s what the shit is happening like that's the kind of reaction that i want to have to other players that i've never had through the entirety of this game please look forward to it that's incorrect he says they can't add extremely high level item level gear that is rng dependent or it will kill the world first competition bullshit how bullshit first of all bullshit all have access to it and World First usually happens within, like, the first two or three weeks, right? Yeah. We're talking about stuff that is so fucking rare that in a patch cycle per server, you might only see two or three. Yeah. You're not going to see those within the first week or so, and maybe you will, okay? But guess what? Everyone has the same equal chance, and I guarantee you that every single one of those World First people are now going to be playing the game beyond world first now now well i think that that actually begs a larger question is you know should square enix be developing for you know their entire community or should they be developing content specifically with 16 fucking people in mind well one of the things that you mentioned way 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 back when you first came up with this theory is that this item should also be marketable yeah Yeah. oh yeah because then that way even people that don't raid are lusting after it yes exactly may have the potential to to buy it off the auction house and even after you outfit your 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 raid with it you could still sell it yeah yeah absolutely barlock thank you very much for the call we appreciate it here on limit break radio i'd love to hear from you if you want to call into the program limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord gonna go back to the phone lines here in just a second but again this is something that we've been talking about for a really long time ever and it's just a simple like the all I'm doing is trying to think of very simple ways that Square Enix can add something to the game that will just make me, you know, that makes you stop and go, oh, oh, and that, that. And that isn't complicated. Stuff right. where they don't have to go, oh, maybe in 4.0, 5.0, we don't have the technology yet. Right. You absolutely do. Right. Yeah. And and the thing, I'm seeing a lot, make the glory gear usable outside of, Ra- you know, like it, it's going to impact the world first scene. You know what? I, I don't I honestly can't say that I really give a shit about the world first scene Plus, because that's like again it's max like less than a hundred fucking people that are participating in that and once it's done it's done here's the other thing too I think one of the original caveats to this was that this super rare piece of gear only drops off of the final boss yeah so you've already gotten your world first and it's there you One go. piece of gear. Yeah, you can't. That's no, not going to influence well, they for the, the ne- world first. They mean for the much. next tier. Okay, but you have the way that patches fall. You have two patch cycles. You have plenty of time to farm them for yourself as well. I, uh, for the next patch cycle, again, who gives a shit? Who ge- honestly like? Should we really be catering to the uh, to world first play at this point? It's such a minimal part of this community. And again, like it's a big deal for two days when it happens, and then everyone's already on to the next thing. It doesn't actually fucking matter. There's when it's when that's less than a hundred people that you're actually affecting their gameplay. 
Why would it matter? Why would it be such a big deal at that point? Oh, God forbid that we impact the world firsters. Fuck the world okay. firsters. Uh, Nero, uh, he, uh, please look forward to it. Bring up another point. What about when you come to those people who are like, you know, looking for a blah, blah, blah player must have this piece of gear? Good. Bring that back. I'm I all think, for that. I I'm think, all for that. I think that this would be rare enough. You wouldn't be able to do that. If you find one, great. Everybody's going to fucking want you. Yeah. But if it's rare enough, then if you're asking for that person, it you're never going to find it. Yeah. They're actually doing exactly. you a favor by it's, asking for that uh, need 300 item level because... You know not to go with them because you know they they want to be carried. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. There yeah, you go. You shouldn't be going with people like that anyhow. F- just uh, why why the fuck do we need to cater development to less than a hundred people? Fuck the world firsters. Fuck them. It's if it's if it's leading to bad loot design. Why why continue to cater to these fucktards? Because when you cater to the larger shit. audience, you get Verminion lords. <laughs> That's that was catering to no audience. <laughs> There's no audience there to cater to. Because guys, if you they if were you trying to actually, cater to Juxta. If you guys haven't cleared Lords of Reminion, then you don't you're not qualified to talk about anything in this game. <laughs> Ex- see, exactly. That's how stupid that whole justification and you know is. What? Lords of Reminion is so easy that anyone can do it. So if you haven't cleared it, then you're even more of a casual. <laughs> you know That's what? right. You know what? I, li- I like Smokey uh, Moon Goon's idea. They should give this weapon to random active player on the server, just like a sword in the stone kind of thing. Every day it just shuffles and like you have to go up and like try and pull this. They kind of did that. They kind in the very ending weeks of 1.0, you could check under your bed in your in your inn. And get and the fuck the, out of here! And there would be yeah, they they would give you a free relic. Okay, yeah. you know what? what? This yeah. is the last day. Well, it, it, no, it was the last. It was like the last. It was last couple of weeks. And it gave to everybody. What's the lore reason for there being a relic under your fucking bed? The world is ending. Who gives a shit? So Louis Suarez going around chucking relics. Under people's beds, Hydaelyn's blessing has oh bestowed upon you. God. I don't actually. I don't think it was Louis Swa that handed no. out the original relics. I'm, I'm not, just I may, saying. I may like, be wrong like, about like that. He's the closest like Santa Claus equivalent. He's running around with a bunch of chocobos and a fucking. It had, some, no, 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 no. it had something to do with dreams. In, yeah. Anyway, yeah, you had, to, you had to get like a stupid. dream cutscene. That is so and fucking then, stupid. From 1.0 to 2.0. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing is that it did. It, the the, the, the idea is fine, but the fact that you have to check under your bed for it. Fuck you. The save, yeah, the 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 server data had already been backed up, so anyone who got it didn't get to carry it over to 2.0. But anyway, oh, you didn't. No, <laughs> no, no. Oh. It was it was basically to just use in the end 1.0. Wow, yeah. uh, it was fun. It was kind of it was and it was sort of hilarious. Yeah. But uh, you know, like yeah, it's I, I it's. It's an easy, easy thing for Square Enix to do, and it just seems to be a a big hole in their psychology for what motivates players. Again, you're when you're talking about world firsters, you're talking about a very, very, very small, small subset of the population. All right, uh, please look forward to it. it says this is FF14 wants catered to casuals, but we have one in the same field and at the beginning of a new raid patch. I'm not saying it's right, but it's their mentality. And you know what? It's fucking stupid. No, see, look, it's we're actually stupid. on the same page. It's please stupid. look forward to it, radio. It's we stupid. agree. We know that's what they're doing, it's and we stupid. don't want them to do it. It's a bad idea. It is. It's a bad idea because it really hurts motivation for the rest of the 98% yes. of your game. So that's what we're saying is keep the stuff difficult. And in order to get people into it, give them a reason yeah. to do it. Don't make and, it and, easier. And give, give them a reason. And give people a reason who are who've already done it 
you know, more, and been doing uh, it to stay recent. doing yes. it. Yes. Yes. The idea is, is that you want to keep logging on. You want to keep doing it. Even after you've cleared it, you want them to keep coming back. Right. You, you want to do away with the mentality of, oh, I'm done with this. I got the piece of gear that I wanted. I can move on. I'm now best in slot. I can move on because you're really, if you really want to work towards best in slot, yeah, you got to really go for the grindy piece. And it's like, you know, that's, that is a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication, but it also keeps talent and it keeps people who have the context for that fight engaged in that fight so that they're continuing to teach other people in the community or, you know, other people are getting the opportunity to learn. Because, of course, there are going to be people who get best in slot and they're like, "Ah, I'm done anyway. But there are those OCD people who are like, yeah, but that's not really best in slot because I don't have those 300 hands that will dedicate that extra time and will dedicate that extra effort into getting those pieces and the fact of the matter is those are your talented players those are the people who are teaching other players how to keep doing these very difficult events and if we want to start our community getting better like yeah Part of it starts with you and saying like, yeah, I want I have to be willing to get better. But if your talent is constantly being bled from the top end because there's nothing that keeps them there, then that's also extremely problematic. That's the that's you know, that's the other part of rating that gets me very discouraged very quickly is I end up, you know, if I go into a raid static or a raid group, I'm it, there's no sense of leadership. You know what I mean? Like it feels like all of us are are kind of on the same level and we're. That's where you get a lot of conflict, right? Like, as stupid as this sounds, remember how someone decked out in all huge e-penis gear would walk in and everyone would start suddenly start listening to every single thing that they had to say? Whether that was for the benefit or, or not to the group, like that, you know, that could go either way. But, like, that the, was a very real thing. The, the closest thing you get to this now is if you go into, like, Alexander, you know, easy motor into a dungeon and you have someone who's decked out in, like, all 270 gear and they have a mentor status, they're going to get all the comms at the end. That's oh. it. Oh. Unless they're dicks, then they're not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's there's no reason to design the entirety of your end game around 100 people who are going to be done with it in two weeks and then not bother to log yeah. on for the rest of the, you know, uh, three months that we're, that everyone else is waiting. Uh, What's the point of that? Grok what? Linux says you're trying to create six months of just raiding and ignore all the other content. No. Uh, no. What? What are you fucking talking? Uh, this is something that they could add. <laughs> with minimal effort immediately they wouldn't have to change the structure of anything else in any of their content patches and and this doesn't mean they then can go all right we don't have to make content for six months yeah we no. don't have we don't have to make dungeons now this is just a way to give more what the life. literal fuck are you talking this about? is only to give more life to what we already have Look, that's right take easy mode alexander right now at this point, everybody's probably got all of their gear, so maybe half as many people are doing it now. Right. Everything has such small, limited lifespans. Yes. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Exactly. Let's go back to our phone lines, and uh, we're going to talk to Hearist, hanging out on Discord. What's going on, Hearist? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Thanks for calling the show, man. So I wanted to expand on the conversation we're currently having on the loot pools, and I've got a going statement for you guys. I honestly think that the raid tier is so bad, you've got Aquapolis and Palace of the Dead having better loot systems right now. Yes, that's exactly what we're saying. (laughs) And that's a fucking problem. problem. You're asking for exclusives and whatnot, and what's happening is you say Palaces of the the Dead is 
not you know is not going to keep its population over here on Balmong. it's been keeping its population since they added the horde in same things with things like aqua uh, aquapolis mm-hmm. the aquapolis. reason why they're doing that it's not because it's it's not because the actual um gear is good or it has good stats or those stats are going to last it's the fact that they update the pools every time they add more gear yeah right Right. Uh, yeah, w- we agree. The problem is when you have something like rating at this late in expan- in an expansion, how do you go and flip the the reward system on its head? Right. It's exactly. kind of really difficult to do. Now, going yeah. into 4.0, they absolutely should just completely revitalize the way that that raid loot structure is worked. Yes. But our theory or Nate or uh, Nero's idea here is that this is something that could so very easily be added. And it do- and it takes literally zero more development uh uh initiative from that like it it it, square Enix doesn't even have to try they just have to design another piece of gear and not make that visually available anywhere else like those are also don't make it look like puke uh, yeah and and then put good stats on it like like those are three very basic things that they can do which we know that square enix Mm -hmm. is competent enough to be able to do that you know they just choose not to and i mean it's 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 a valid choice but it's not a good one i'm just saying like it's a it's a very very easy thing that they would that they could add to their raid structure that would not detract from any attention that they would have to put anywhere else and i think that that's an important thing is like you know you throw it out there hey well uh, what could they do to make raiding better well they could add dynamics to the fighter they could just be different fights altogether, or they could add more trash or they could add more of a level those are real like those from a development standpoint take a lot of fucking time always they always take you want you want to change the level design takes a lot of time you know changing up the loot pool the loot structure adding an additional slot for loot that's not that hard in terms of a development point of view right and they can also do things where they actually upgrade the gear in and of itself say you take the structure that they're doing for the 24 mans right now right you got the maki pennies you got the maki farthings and you got to gather them together for upgrades so why not add that to rating where you go back to the older raids grab pieces so you can upgrade your raid gear unless unless the the, the raid gear has an updated visual design because i i think being allowed to dye the gear is a cop-out it needs to be its own gear set so that when people see it they can identify visually like oh shit and actually the way that they've done alexander is the alexander savage technically the same gear but with more you know pretty stuff on it right can't be dyed if you then want to go the upgrade route that's how you get the diable version of right. that exactly but what i'm t- what i'm talking about is a gear set like that is just separate unto yes. itself you know and i think that that's the important part because people hear that and they go well i don't like that idea because there's no way i'd ever get it good don't fucking get it you just because you want something or you think it looks pretty doesn't mean that you should have it in your fucking inventory you know like you've got to figure out now okay what do i need to do to be able to get that if I really want that, what do I got to be able to do? And the answer, the answer currently, if you like a piece of gear, most of the time it's like, well, I just queue up in duty finder and I do it till I get it. If you had to actually make plans to like real and, and like it was a big deal, you had to compete with other people to get those pieces of gear that adds a level of importance that adds a level of psychology onto your game that you really need to play with square enix does a a lot to play with our psychologies 
but it feels like they could do way more. Oh yeah, way way more. And this that's just one of the ways. And and the. You know, like the excuses that people trot out. Well, it will undermine the world first thing. Man, that's such a bad, bad excuse. If that's your excuse, then we're setting a pretty good idea. Yeah, exactly. Like if that's the only reason you can figure out to not add a piece of glory gear like that, then there really is no reason for them not to do that. And really nothing Essie has ever said has led me to believe they care that much about their world first in community. No, exactly. They don't. No, I, I, I totally agree. And, and that's the thing is like, why, and why should they? Yeah. Why would you? Why should they people in any MMO? Why should you care? cater to that play style. Because inevitably, you also end up getting the people who, you know, they're sublapses for three months out of the year, you know? Right. You don't want that as an as a, as a business. It's a it's just bad business. So that's I mean, you know, the, those are a lot of my concerns when it comes down to this stuff. And again, this just seems like something that they could fix very easily, very easily. Right. And the thing is, not now. It's got to be in 4.0 right. that this gets fixed. Yeah. You can't do it you where need, we're at. Yeah, you need a clean slate. Yeah. You need a clean slate. And that I think that's why I want to talk about it so much is because, you know, like, yeah, they've got the opportunity to do it. It, it, it. You're right that once you get into even the first patch of the expansion, you're already at it's a point where you, it's too late. The, the model can't is set. Yeah. That's what it's going to be for this expansion. And we came across that kind of dreadful realization around 3.1 when we're like, Oh shit, oh, shit. This, this is what is, we're locked into. That's all that this and is. And we've known since then. God Now damn it. we're just sitting here praying like, listen, we got a long way to go to June. Yeah. Uh, unless 3.5 is amazing. It's good. like these shows like around <laughs> mid-March. <laughs> Don't start saying that now. April, it's going to get a little rough. Yeah. Seven more weeks. Fuck we need, you. I have plans. We, I, I'm glad you do. We're going to need them. We are going to play Ascalia on air. When June gets <laughs> here. Bobby's Things need to be him? different. We need better a uh, better structure no, like, in like, 4.0. Like the yeah, cat of nine tails type the, stuff. The chess player? No. What? Bobby Flay? We're going to torture Rascalia on air for entertainment. That's my plan. Sexually? Oh, you, speaking you, of rewards, uh, I, uh, I have it on good knowledge that when you hit that floor four, 400, on top of that flaming eye and that, that glass pumpkin, they've got a wolverine skull there. We don't know where it's from. Huh. I, I, ha, I, ha, 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 ha. Man, that was original. <laughs> uh, Don't worry, it still hurts him deep. Wait down. a minute. Oh, I get it. I was a dragoon in eleven. It, oh, that's the joke. Oh, ha. Oh, ha. oh, I'm sorry. That was a great joke. Never mind. Y- My st- mistake. I just, I just missed it. I just, I missed that one. My bad. You're still a dragoon, even in fourteen. In case you forgot. I'm a lancer. Thanks for the call, Harris. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Harris. We appreciate it. Oh, is that Harris? That hey, was what's Harris. up, buddy? Yeah. Uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Papa, I need you. We appreciate all your calls today. Uh, it's been some... In, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of our callers today that called in to, uh, call, uh, to like attack us on our points. Yeah, to call us out. Point. I would like to point out Mm. that all the people that were being openly hostile with us at first now now seem totally cool in chat. Oh, there you go. Like, Hentai Girl, uh, I mean, Tom Barron we've had for a long time, uh, Master Something, like, you guys are cool. You guys are good. Like, see? We can be friends. We can talk things out. can call the show and we can work that out. Even though we're scrubs who've never done A12S. That's right. We don't know too much. And it makes for good on-air product. How about that, man? Hmm. Spoilers for farming you. Hmm. 
All right. So uh, this past weekend, I had the pleasure of going out to uh, San Antonio for the Alamo City Comic Con. I want to send a huge shout out and thank you to Apple, the organizer of Alamo City. I went out there as his guest and I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, and I was treated to show us on the doll where they touched you. I was treated to to hospitality like I've never received before. So uh, thank you to everyone at the Alamo City 2016 crew. You guys were phenomenal. You guys treated us so, so well. And if you want to hear more about Alamo City Comic Con and my experience out there, again, we want you to tune in to Final Encountercast. That's coming up at 5 p.m. over at twitch.tv slash Final Encountercast. We invite you to join us. We're going to be talking to Goku voice actor Sean Schimmel about the SAG After Strike currently initiated for the video game industry. Now, you guys will remember that a couple of months ago, we talked to David Hayter, the voice actor behind Solid Snake. And uh, we found out all about the SAG after strike and why it was so important from his point of view. Well, this weekend out at Alamo City Comic Con, I had the pleasure to be introduced to a man by the name of James Arnold Taylor. Now, you may know that name as the voice of Johnny Test or Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, or Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. But everyone in this chat room knows him as Titus from Final Fantasy X. Well, he was nice enough to give me a few minutes and give me his opinion and his take on the SAG after strike. I am hanging out with James Arnold Taylor, a voice actor. You may know him from such roles as Johnny Test, Fred Flintstone, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and of course, Titus from Final Fantasy X. Now, uh, we wanted to talk to uh, James a little bit about the SAG After Strike, which is currently going on. Uh, James, what can you tell us about the SAG After Strike? Well, you know, uh, it's one of those things where I think in the initial thought, people go, oh, more actors striking, wanting more money. And it's really not so much about that as, as, as much as about what the whole concept of video games has become. And it is indeed, on their notes, on the words of the game makers, bigger than the movie industry. And they are a, what, $23 billion a year industry. Um, and it's not like then, oh, we just want a bunch of that money. It is, okay, the movie industry works it this way. We get paid residuals, which means if a film does well, and we're only talking about a very small minority of the, of the games, if those particular games do well, then a percentage would go back to some of the actors that played in, in the games. But it's really also uh, hopefully a door to open up for all of the other folks that work very hard in these games. There's uh, fantastic artists, game designers, writers, you know, all these people that work so hard. And it would be our hope that they would unionize as we have with the uh, SAG and AFTRA to be able to uh, get their their share of the, the success in the games as well. But, you know, it's not one of those things where it's just like people are looking for money. So I think that's the biggest thing people need to remember. Well, and when we spoke with David Hayter uh, about six months ago, one of the things that he said was that, you know, one of and, and one of the things that he really wanted to make sure was clear is that it's not just an, a, a request for residuals. It's, re, it's a request for residuals after a certain profit margin, which is, I think, a really important distinction to make because a lot of people who do think like, yeah, this is all about just getting more money. I don't think that they really understand what the margins that you guys work on are. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about games that make millions and millions of copies that, that sell millions of copies, not just a game that does moderate or whatever, and then we're looking for money on that. And, you know, I mean, a game like Final Fantasy, people always assume that I'm kind of sitting on a pile of 
money from that. I got paid a session fee, which was you know SAG scale. Uh, now, granted, we did a lot of sessions, and I'm and I'm very grateful. I, I love working in video. I'm the voice of Ratchet in the Ratchet and Clank game series. Love the folks in Insomniac. I, I do uh, all sorts of video games. And I love doing them, and I want to continue to do them. It's only on those games that are again those huge hits that make millions and millions of copies sold, where there is a small percentage that just says, "Okay, we acknowledge your part of this," and that's really what it is. Because the rest of our industry, be it television, even the internet, or movies. That's how our contracts work. That's typically how talent has been compensated in media for a really long time. And it seems to me that you guys are just fighting for the same, you know, really the same treatment. And I think that that's totally fair, especially when you have scenarios like with the most recent Metal Gear Solid game, where you have a major uh, major motion picture actor coming in and taking over the role. And I have to wonder, you know, what what deal he ended up getting on that, too. Yeah, uh, generally. Generally, they will pay them a very large sum, and they'll have some sort of agreement with an actor that is of a name. Voice actors, I think a lot of people, too, you know, I mean, I've been very fortunate, very blessed in my career to work on so many wonderful projects, but most voice actors work a couple jobs a month. It is not something where they are making money hand over fist. They are doing it for the love of the craft of it. That's certainly why I've wanted to do it since I was four years old. I've been fortunate to do it as my whole career, but... People think, oh, they just make all this money. It's one job at a time. It's usually scale, which is, you know, for a video game, that's 800 some odd dollars. So if you do one game every couple of months, that's not doing much. That's barely paying somebody's rent, maybe, and depending on where they live. And if you live in Los Angeles, that's maybe paying a quarter of your, your rent. So, yeah. People have to keep it in perspective. There's a lot of wonderfully talented actors out there that are not working all the time. And these games are a great way of doing that. But they also, it's about vocal stress. Yes. The only times I've ever lost my voice are working on video games. I did a Spider-Man game years ago where I played Electro completely lost my voice for a week wasn't able to do more work after that so it affects you so you know there's also stunt work and mocap that's being done in these games now and that's also part of the contract so it's just fair working environments that we're looking for that are are safe and uh, you know i hope that it comes to a conclusion soon who knows you never know i mean they've got a lot of money they got a lot of power but hopefully uh, people will see that the performance matters. That's been our little hashtag. Yes. And that, uh, you know, games like Ratchet & Clank, Final Fantasy, all of those, uh, Metal Gear, all these games wouldn't be possible without Screen Actors Guild actors. So. You're absolutely right. And one of the things that we're hoping to uh, act as a sounding board is, is, you know, just for this issue. This is a huge issue. It affects, you know, the products that we all love. And I know that at least from our, our perspective, we totally stand with the voice actors. So we are definitely supporting you guys. Uh, James Arnold Taylor, can you tell our audience where to find out more information if they want to find out more about you? About me? Ah, well, thank you. Uh, JamesArnoldTaylor.com. You can follow me on Twitter at J-A-T-Actor, Actor. I kind of go by Jat. I've got a YouTube channel that tells you all about voiceover, take you behind the scenes of my life as a voice actor. People, uh, please subscribe to James Arnold Taylor's YouTube channel. It's a lot of fun, and uh, you'll learn all sorts about voice acting. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Arnold Taylor, voice of Titus from Final Fantasy X, also Sonic, 
Uh, let's see. Uh, the hedgehog? Red, red, yes, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> no, the fast food chain, you idiot. Uh, I love their food. As well as uh, God, Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. He's also been on shows like uh, Pokemon. Uh, let's you know see. Uh, the Powerpuff Girls. The Fairly Invader, Odd Parents? Yes, the Fairly Odd Parents. Love Invader Zim, Johnny Test, Family Guy, tons of others. Thank you to James Arnold Taylor for a couple I've of minutes. I've noticed there are there are two types of voice actors. All right, there are ones like Joe DiMaggio that you hear his voice everywhere. And John DiMaggio. Yeah, sorry, John. And and, and it's and it's not it's <laughs> wow. not well. Joe DiMaggio is a person. Yes, he is. It's just a very he's known for a very different set of skills. <laughs> anyway, great, great like, job, Juxta. Like you know, you hear him. As, <laughs> classic Juxta. You know, whether you're hearing him as Waka or Bender or uh, he's uh, Jake in Adventure Time, right? Yes. Whatever. Like like you can distinctly hear his voice. No Marcus who he is. Phoenix as well. Yeah. 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 But it's not a big deal. But then when I hear him talk, I just hear Titus. Yeah. Like right. that's it. Well, and and the, that's the thing is that uh, James Arnold Taylor just kind of used his natural speaking voice for yeah. Titus. He just kind of he he it made it a little bit more squeaky because uh, because we got a liner from him as Titus as well, <gasps> and uh, it's it's really hard to tell. He just all he does is pitch his voice up just slightly. Can we listen to it after the show? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Yes. Does, does uh, Sean Schimmel sound just like Goku, or is that clearly a different voice? Sh- he's doing? No, Sean Schimmel. I like as I was listening to it, I was like, oh man, I keep hearing Goku kind of like peek out at me, okay. and it's so weird. It's like when he gets more intense, it's we- yeah, like almost like when he's not thinking about it. It's, you'll you'll hear it over on Final Encountercast, guys. Uh, join us over uh, on Final Encountercast. Uh, we're going to be talking to Sean Schimmel. Uh, we got access to a lot of really really cool people. Uh, out they want to hear it out Too at uh, fi- uh, out we at, don't bow down to terrorists at Alamo City <laughs> this year and uh, yeah we we definitely will be playing uh, we'll be playing the Sean Schimmel interview over there uh, yeah so again thank you huge shout out and thank you to James Arnold Taylor uh, who uh, you know was was nice enough to give us a couple of minutes for that uh, hang on I'm, I'm actually I'm looking for the uh, the Titus one the Titus one and I may not have I, I actually may not have uh, it yet cut it yeah oh. I don't think I did do, do we have something for him uh, no I, I mean outside of that interview I you you heard that interview I can't play any of these other no, no like do you have any uh, any lines cut any liners uh, no I can't play any of them because they're for our as of yet oh. unnamed publicly show that's right sorry guys <laughs> we, we, we try yeah sorry sorry about that uh, but anyway yeah so uh, it, you know it, it, you're you're right that there are voice actors uh uh, kind of a lot like uh, uh, your H. H. John Benjamin, who does uh, Bob from Bob's Burgers well, and, and Archer, and you get the same thing with actors too. I mean, every single person that Mel Gibson or not Mel, Mel Gibson, Morgan Freeman, Nicholas wow. Cage plays, or like Denzel Washington, like yeah. they're or always Cage. the same. Morgan Freeman can't really affect a voice. <laughs> I've never heard him do a voice, right? <laughs> like right. He's, oh, he's just Morgan he, Freeman. If he did an impression of someone that was really good, and any other voice that came out of his mouth came out, I would be shocked. Yeah. And then you yep. get the opposite, where you get people like Hugh Laurie, where you're expecting yes, to hear exactly, Dr. House, yes. and you don't. You mm-hmm. d- exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it can be really weird, but it was really, uh, it was really 
really neat getting to hang out with these folks. Uh, if you want to hear uh, all of my stories, because I have a bunch of stories that I want to tell, that's over at Final Encountercast at 5. That's twitch.tv slash Final Encountercast. And we'll also be talking to Sean Schimmel, the voice of Goku, about the SAG After Strike. Guys, this is hugely important. The SAG After Strike is hugely, hugely important. And it's something that, you know, we've talked about on FEC before, but we've never had an opportunity to talk about on Limit Break Radio. And as we know, the voice actors, uh, you know, that are uh, that get their work through SAG-AFTRA have initiated a work stoppage against the video game industry. Now, what does that mean exactly? What that means is that games that are not currently in production, they will not be able to use union talent in upcoming projects. So. What happens when you don't use union talent? Well, you can't always guarantee that you're going to get quality work. I mean, have you guys heard some of, uh, you know, some of, uh, you know, like the the Final Fantasy Type Zero voice acting? I mean, Mm. I don't know whether those people were union or not, but when you use talent that's not you know that's that's not doing this all the time you're gonna have a bit rockier of a product remember when Tyrion lannister was the robot voice in destiny <laughs> i remember <laughs> like what it, was that voice it it, it does that's it's like not Cartman. it's not oh, what why would Cartman? Be, why, no. the worst are you I, are you you're just not watching south park are you Guys, no, I, not, just can, I just confused Morgan Freeman from Mel Gibson. Give me a break. I'm having like a seizure or something. I don't know. An aneurysm. Do you result? smell burning toast? <laughs> I just assumed that was Juxta. He does Why smell like bread. I... What? Bread and ham. At least say yeast. Jesus. Anyway. It's like you guys aren't even funny anymore. Anyway. Yeah, I leave for a week. What happened? What what ha- what happened? What what happened? <laughs> happened. <laughs> we what left the happened? show in the hands of Nika, Ascalia, and Juxta. That's what happened. Exactly what you would expect happened. And where we, were you? I carried it. Where were you, Kahlo? I'm never on the show. Come on. I know you're not, but the one time you really need to be, you just don't show. Nah, uh, you know what? It was a dumpster fire waiting to happen. I don't want to be any part of that. What happened? Happened. <laughs> anyway. This is going to be a real big deal, especially in the next year or so. If they end up continuing this work stoppage, you're you're going to have productions that are using, uh, you know, uh, uh, not uh, tested talent to f- for their final product. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you don't have a good enough vocal director to compensate someone who's smart enough to know that line's not going to work. Right then you're going to have really fucked up end products. And so what this, you know, what this tells me is either what, I mean, I guess the video game industry must be very, very, very sure of their vocal directors, which they shouldn't be. Well, the big problem is they think that voice acting is only 0.1% of the work being done. And let's just pretend that's true. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, guess what? What we're seeing and what we're taking in as players, it's a lot more than 0.1% in bad voice acting can and will kill a game. It will ruin a game. It will literally ruin a game. It cannot just steal moments. It can ruin the final product. And that is, I think, what 
we don't want to see. We know that these talents like Sean Schimmel, like, uh, you know, uh, Jennifer Hale, Hale, like David Hayter, you know, these these are people who are they're pros. They've been doing this since the the advent of voice acting for video games. And you really want to tell me that their experience and that their talent doesn't matter. That you could just take somebody who has a pleasing voice and get the same performance out of them. Look, I've got a great voice, okay? Humble I've, brag. I, I, I do. Okay, I've got a go. great voice. A lot of people like listening to my voice. That doesn't mean I'm a good voice actor. No. Sure At doesn't. all. He's terrible. I'm, I'm pretty fucking bad. It takes good direction. It takes having, you know, rep. it, it takes repetition, vocal making mistakes, vocal consistency. Make us sound like you're being decapitated. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> I don't know. Escalia, want to try? No. What sound does a decapitated person yeah, th- make? I don't know. I, is their heads getting cut off? That, that's, you're, you're asking me. You, but this is the kind of stuff they ask them no, to do. You set me up for a folly line, not for a fucking. I, I don't have. I don't have the ability to make sound effects. Yeah, that's a sound. Of, yeah. But that's what they ask them to do. Your arm is being broken. You know, you're being tortured because your leg's being ripped off. Okay, you can make noises with that. When you're getting decapitated, you lose your head. Yeah, yeah. Depends you literally... on how quickly they're decapitating you. What if they're slowly sawing it off? That's why mine stopped halfway through the noise. Oh, it was a fast one? Well, because my head was being chopped off. All right, all right. I wasn't all trying all right. to make the noise of being... I'm... I think he has one. All right, here's okay. the, sl- here's all the right. slow one. <clears throat> ah, hey, dick. That's what it said if it didn't cut wow. you. Wow. God, it's terrible. Okay. Wow, okay. <laughs> this is why it's important to pay people. Great job, Skrull. I'm impressed. Oh. Oh, you piece of shit. You know what we should do? You know what we should do? What? We should just pull up lines for something. Like anything. I, it, you know, it could be fucking uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and just try to do it with the four of us in the room. Oh, my and God. And just prove that <laughs> even, you know, even people who sit around and talk into microphones for a living, that even then you provide them with the material that not you're, you're still going to get a shitty performance. This is why voice actors matter. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll get a good now, per- you'll get a good performance out of probably Kahlo, maybe me. But this half of the room, ah, that's where it's, that's where it's to gonna fall. Everybody else. That's he's where it's making, gonna fall apart. He's making we're, a. We're best at voice acting. Me, Escalia, and Nika. Yeah, we got through the whole of FF11 voice acting it. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that the what you're going up against is silence. Yeah. Hi, this is my Ahura voice. I am talking about... All right, about well, stuff. I'm not going to throw my lot in with him, but Nika and I did fine. I'm just saying, it, th- there's a lot more than doing a voice. There's inflection. Yeah. There's... It's uh, more than just talking to kindergartners, Nika. Yeah. What? It's feeling. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, believe me, I know all about following. <laughs> See? God damn it. <laughs> uh, quick, quick, quick um, question on, uh, on, on the state of the strike. Did I hear you say, right, that the only stuff that's affected are contracts that have started or would have started after the strike? If a contract is already in place, does that still stand? Yes. Well... It, it, it's after a certain it's date. After, yeah, there's a cut, there is a cutoff date that uh, stuff that is currently in production if it was like 
I think a certain percentage of the way through that they would uh, finish. Yeah, that they that they would. Uh, oh, I really hope Mass Effect wasn't affected. Oh, I guarantee you're you it so is. So <laughs> I Mass guarantee you it is. wasn't affected. I guarantee. Well, where do you how much how much development do you think has been done on on Mass Effect Andromeda? <sighs> Twelve? Not no, no. It's coming out next year. I'd say they're probably further along than we think they are. We, as far as voice acting, though, the fact that they have that, that, yeah, that they have that contest going, yeah, that to me says that's the last step in the process, man. And no, generally no, it is like no, a lot we're of gonna t- give all the roles to people who tried out for the contest yeah. now. Great, so we're gonna have Nick and Escalia voicing Andromeda. <laughs> it's gonna I, be great. I, I mean, to to be honest, like you know, that's one of the last things, unless you're doing mocap on top of it, that you're gonna do for your game. Yeah, is because I mean, think about it, think about. Uh, you know, yeah. when you when you localize a foreign game, that game is complete, and those those uh, yep. you know that vocal staff has to match to an existing product. Like it's it's not that Wyatt inconceivable out, that that that's one of the last things to happen yeah, in, a, uh, in a development. Why it's pointing out that depending on the length of the strike, this could end up affecting contracts for English dubs of Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, yes, Stormblood, it yeah. could. It could. It could also end up uh, affecting the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, well, hold which, on. Wait, wasn't the stri- the strikes only affecting three major corporations and their subsidiaries? That right? is true. That the, it's the uh, three companies that are based in the United States. But so maybe we, not necessarily. Well, yeah, but it, it yeah, it, it's it gets a little bit confusing when you throw Japanese companies into the mix because you don't really know all the time how people are compensated yeah um or even how they're hired a lot of times you're hired through the studio by the vocal director and you're not you're actually being paid by the vocal studio as opposed to mm-hmm. the actual game development studio and no smoky the changes that we got in heaven's word were not because of this <laughs> But, but uh, I mean, Final Fantasy VII is an actual, you know, the remake there might be a product that could be, uh, you know, that that could be affected by this. And and I'm just going to say, look, I had the chance to meet with Mina Suvari uh, at Alamo City Comic Con, who is the voice of Aerith. And uh, she couldn't, she, we, she didn't have time to give me uh, an actual interview. But when I asked if she would be reprising her role for the remake, she said she hadn't been contacted yet so wow uh that i mean i don't know what that says about uh, yeah hold on the beginning of last year weren't there like rumors popping around that like they had episode one or whatever done but they haven't contacted anyone for voice acting yet again the english localization is probably going to be the last process on on a game like that but i mean i think that that says a lot and plus also when you've got ff15 that's going to be released next month Everything is being focused on FF15. Nothing is on on 7. No no emphasis on 7 yet. I mean, when we start hearing about all uh, to to my knowledge, all they cut was the trailer. That's it. And I mean, I, I, I look. The trailer's I, done. I, I can't I, look. I, I I can't say much more than that because a lot of the conversations were off the record. But you know, most people, most voice actors, when you ask them, "Hey, what do you got coming up?" They'll tell you some really bomb ass shit that they're working on. There was a lot of things. I, talking to Tom Kenny, I'm super excited for what Tom Kenny's working on. Woo! So you know what I mean, like that that kind of stuff is not 
you know, like it's not that 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 closely guarded a secret mm-hmm. that concerns me. It just it makes me worry and it should make you worry. And I think that's why we should be very vocal as consumers that this issue needs to be worked through. Yeah. Pay them what they deserve it, and not just pay them. Give them the proper environment that they deserve to work in. Exactly. Everyone deserves uh, a comfortable working environment where they're not going to be uh you know harming their future ability to work and when you've got game sessions that last you know hundreds of lines many of them rep uh, you know uh repeated screams over and over again that adds a lot of stress and so in conditions like that in sessions like that there should be an additional uh compensation for that there should be additional consideration for those things you know, if it's a very vocally stressful session, uh, capping the amount of session time. A lot of times you go in there and you get, you know, you just get lines and you do them till they're done. <clears throat> you know, being being a little bit more conscious of what you're giving your performer, what you're asking of your performer. That's not even that much. That's not even a big ask. And then and then to say, you know, like there's a lot of that pushback where people are like, well, what about the you know, what about coders and programmers? And and they say Guess that what? they deserve they say, more, too. And they, yeah. And that's the thing is that, you know, they say that on on the, you know, dub side. Well, what about animators? You got animators working slave uh, slave wages. And you know what? Those people should absolutely unionize and they should absolutely fight for their right to be fairly compensated. But what we're taught, but that just muddies the conversation it's not about the programmers because you ask a lot of the voice actors they're like yeah they they should absolutely be paid more and compensated more because the margins are so huge we're talking about billions of dollars that are going back Mm -hmm. billions of dollars in profit margins and you mean to tell me that after a certain point after a certain point, after you've made so much money on your game that you can't afford to go back and compensate the people who helped make it, it's an inc- this is an incredibly creative field that we all love. It, it, to make a video game takes a lot of creativity, and it takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of effort. And those people should be fairly compensated. I get really bummed out when I hear about, uh, you know, when I hear about people working 15, you know, for 15 bucks an hour, uh, you know, working 60 hour weeks and and busting their balls and they can barely afford to make their rent. Now, one of the reasons, too, that that when people say, oh, you know, just the money, blah, 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 they're being selfish, all this kind of crap is there is such a difference between voice actors and an actor. Those are actually qualified as yeah. two different positions. Had David Hayter done Snake and Metal Gear Solid 5, he would not have been paid even a fraction yes. of what uh, what's Kiefer, Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland got. And he would have done so much more work. Right. That's why it's fucked up. Yeah, because it, you know Kiefer Sutherland's price tag was probably so high. That's why we didn't hear much and, of Snake in Metal Gear Solid and he Five. Probably gets residuals from that. And it, that and that's I think really the shot in the dick that that these voice actors are taking is that you know yeah you'll have someone like Kiefer Sutherland come in do a big role in a big video game and you kind of know in the back of your head this guy is smart enough to know that this game is going to sell millions of copies. And his agent's smart enough, and and uh, you know, and his and he's a big enough actor, a big enough star, and a big enough price tag that they probably had to cut him in on residuals. They probably had to, and 
to know that someone like that is going to step in to a role like that, do way less work and be compensated far more. Granted, look, Kiefer Sutherland has done a lot of work to get where he is and to earn the price tag that he's allowed to ask for on a project. But it shouldn't give him additional leverage to say, well, I want residuals and fuck you if you don't want to give them to me. Because obviously the video game industry is coming to him wanting his talent. He can go work on a hundred other different things. Yeah. That that shitty designated survivor show that he's on now. He's got a lot of options. Bring back Jack Bauer. He's got a lot of fucking options. And the fact that, yeah, like he probably got a big residual checks from all of those copies of MGS5. Man, that bums me out because David Hayter to work on Metal Gear Solid in the past has taken pay cuts to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. This is this is the definition of unfair treatment and absolutely like it's it's hey, let's remaster a game and use all the same lines. But guess what? You don't get paid for them. Exactly. Exactly. Let's put out a greatest hits. You don't get paid for it. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at the Skyrim remaster. A lot of those lines sound compressed. A lot of the VO in that sounds compressed. It's arguably a worse version that went out for PS3, Xbox 360 in the first round. And and you know what that was? All that all that is is just not wanting to pay your voice actors again. All they did was literally copy and paste. That's it. Yeah. And, and the dumb thing is, is that somewhere in that process, it got bumped down by, you know, a couple of kilobytes per second. That's quality. And guess what? People fucking noticed. People noticed. They're going to notice. Every time I replay Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, the HD version, I notice this background hum, this high pitched. It's, it's it just this very, very hard to detect. But I hear every time a line goes out. And it's because they copied, they didn't bother to redo any of the voice sessions. And it was a fucked up, imperfect session in the first place. Go back to PS2, I would have, I, I may not, I, I may have never noticed that. Yeah. Because you make every, every other sound so, so crisp that in comparison, you know, you, you have the, you have the budget to bump up your sound effects and the fidelity there. But you're going to copy and paste the voice lines. Yeah. It's bullshit. In comparison, comparatively. Oh, wow, that makes the voice line sound like shit. It's happened a couple of times, and it keeps happening. And guess what? If the sag after strike continues, it's going to get worse. It's going to get fucking worse. I mean, dude, if, uh, you know, like... Imagine, dude, imagine a game comes out and just... You can't even listen to the voice acting. I'd love to play Disgaea. But I can't get past that weepy voice acting. <laughs> and that's that, top that's quality just, weeb, too. That's just anime, man. It's true. It's part but, of it. but what if they have to go to that kind of voice acting for all the games we love because they're the only ones who will do it? Anime. Yeah. So, th- look, this is something that uh, is really important. Uh, I'm glad that we had a, uh, a way to talk about it here on Limit Break Radio. Uh, and yeah, the, it, look, if you want to know more about this, uh, again, you can check out uh, a lot of different, uh, sites about it. You can search SAG AFTRA 
to know uh, more info. Uh, and also, we want to say a huge shout out and thank you to James Arnold Taylor for giving us some time. JamesArnoldTaylor.com, YouTube.com slash JamesArnoldTaylor. Check out the Jat channel as well as Twitter.com slash Jat actor to find him on Twitter. Super cool guy. It was a really big pleasure to get to know him. Uh, and thank you so much to James for doing that. By the way, he can also be seen on the film I Know That Voice. If you're interested about voice acting and you want to know more about it for video games, for cartoons, uh, and, and you want to understand how much these people legitimately care about the craft that they do. This is a craft. Most everyone who does this looks at Mel Blanc as a Fucking hero. And that's the thing is that there is a very real craft. There's an emotional connection to this. Okay. And all of these folks have that emotional connection. Uh, so you can check out the, the film. I know that voice. If you want a, uh, you know, just like a, almost a firsthand account of what it's like to be a voice actor. By the way, James Arnold Taylor featured in that as well. You can find out how he had landed on the voice for Fred Flintstone. It's actually a really interesting story. I uh, invite you to check that out. Now, real quick, before we go, uh, normally we have uh, some emails to get through. We will still get through the FFFL before we go. But I did want to talk about WOW. Real, real fast, because Juxta had mentioned on one of previous episodes, and you mentioned earlier in this episode, both of you have discontinued your subscription to mm-hmm. WoW. Now, this I, I, we made a joke at the end of the show that that was at my behest, but I want to ask you very sincerely, why did you end up letting your subscription lapse? Because it did not last very long. No, and I, I actually still want to play, right? Like, but I don't have the time with how much I'm now playing with FF and, and working, just doing stuff. Yeah. I just don't have the time to okay. dedicate it. And That's it's fair. one of those things where either I'm going to play it or I'm not going to play it. So, I can't just do a little bit of it. So there wasn't like an aspect to the content that like lost your no, appeal. No, I really, I, like, I wish I was still there. I still okay. want to keep upgrading my relic, trying to get those legendary pieces, but I'm just so tuned into final fantasy now because of fan fest and especially now because of deep dungeon yeah i just don't have the time for a second mmo that's fair uh juxta um okay so i mean i feel like you were a little bit more just like over it yeah i kind of over it like the biggest thing is that the dungeons i I really after playing 14's dungeons wow's dungeons really feel weird and awkward to me because it's all about like skipping trash and trying to like jump and like find a way around as much trash as trash as possible okay and i don't know that just doesn't sit well with me anymore like i I, I started as off as a tank and just like murdered everything i got yelled at i'm like oh this is a different game you were also looking forward to raiding and that too and i never schedule just didn't fit into your schedule work said fuck off yeah i mean yeah because he told me one day he's like dude i came back for raiding with you guys and if i can't do that what's the point what's the point yeah okay if that's fair i just uh, you know you'd mention it you made passing mention of it and we had stopped for an entire episode to say like look what is what is wow uh doing well and then to just hear that a month later like you're like nah fuck it yeah nothing to do with i just kind of wanted to follow nothing to do with wow okay fair enough uh all right, so uh, before we get out of here, let's check in with what's going on in the FFFL. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to your Week 12 FFFL update. With this week's update, the regular season has officially drawn to a close and our playoff picture is set. So with that in mind, let's turn our attention to the week's results. First up, the Balam T-Rexars crushed El Negro Grande to close out their season on a three-game win streak. Despite the run of victories, they were too little too late as both the T-Rexars and El Negro Grande can officially hit the golf course. (laughs) You suck! 
The Red Wings are officially not the worst team in FFFL history as Aww. they picked up their first win of the season in the 11th hour. Congratulations. Feels bad, bro. No one actually attended the match, so we can only assume the Red Wings won the coin toss. They advanced 1-11 yeah. <laughs> as Beambo finishes out the season 0-12. The Melusin Marauders lived up to their role of spoiler, managing to take down the Edelweiss Avengers. Unfortunately for the Verminion Lords, sponsored by Godbert brand Spray on Tan, so did Titan's Banana Hammock. Oh, With- I get sponsored now after I lose? Well, you know, you got a you got yeah, I don't hear team. So. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Just saying. I don't want to hear it. With both teams losing, the Edelweiss Avengers will back into the playoffs. Woo! Lastly, this brings us to the match between the Chickabos and the Super Senpai Megaforce, who managed to have a perfect tie in their matchup. <laughs> the final score stands at 31 to oh, 31. Jesus. Of course they fucking Meaning would. that if they meet in the playoffs, it will be at a neutral site. I both teams fall to collusion. 10, 1, and 1. Definite collusion I here. Say, I, I yeah, say this, we send them to the Red Wings arena. This sounds oh, yes, if sketchy. They, I mean, they are playing in the Red Wings stadium. Look, this this just sounds really sketchy. This yeah. sounds like Nika being like, no, just vote, you know, like, just vote for who you want. Is it? No, they did not. I don't. This is horseshit. I agree. Melkyria, I'm still in the playoffs. What the fuck do I care? With, oh, Jesus, it stinks in here. So with no waiver wire available, we turn our eyes towards the playoffs. The two matches are up for grabs this week as the division championships are decided. In the Eastern Division, the Chickabos will become will welcome Titans Banana Hammock to the missing member. Bring Ti- it! Titans Banana Hammock is coming off a strong finish to the season and will look to avenge disappointment from last year, but the Chickabos have already won this matchup twice this season. Meanwhile, over in the Western Division, the Edelweiss Avengers will gear up and hit the road, traveling to the Chaos Shrine to take on the Super Senpai Megaforce. Son of Bitch. The Megaforce <laughs> won their first two matches against the Avengers, but everything is that much harder come playoff time. <sighs> Lastly, we need to address a little bit of drama that arose during the Banana Hammocks and Verminion Lords match this week. Oh, what? The FFFL would like to remind its fans that while we appreciate enthusiasm for the game, it is vital that the field of play not be tampered with in any way. As such, fans will be subjected to a bag check upon entering any match this week, and all dildos, vibrators, clamps, strap-ons, cock rings, lubricants, butt plugs, leather restraints, ball gags, blindfolds, and artificial egg implantation paraphernalia are expressly forbidden from what events. What the fuck happened? <laughs> remember, Jesus. To he- remember to head on over to LimitBreakRadio.com this Tuesday night for your weekly FFFL update and cast your vote on our first playoff round at Twitter.com slash LimitBreakRadio. Well, there we go. There's your results from Season 2 of the FFFL. Uh, of course, we now move into the playoffs, which I can stop giving a shit at all about it this It doesn't bit. matter to you anymore. Nope. Yeah, I'm ma- checked out. Never really mattered to me in the first place, but it really doesn't matter anymore. What about, don't we have like the loser toilet bowl thingy going on? Uh, that would be for whoever loses this week's games. Okay, oh, okay, there we go. They'll play so, the yeah, so I, I don't even, I'm not even running in the running for the toilet bowl, so. No, you are in the running for second pick overall next year. That's what you get. That's not the worst Actually, thing. Actually, you get third pick overall because part of Callow's punishment is that he gets last pick, so. Wait, punishment for what? For week one shenanigans. Ah. How am I still being punished for that? You were punished that way back then. I just haven't forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You that took was, that away was... two of my team members that I didn't want to begin with. But Clearly, that's not the it really point. affected you. <laughs> yeah, don't exactly. we have Don't we have something else to read now? Uh no, I think a story of some sort. Oh, do it. Did we want to read this before we uh, we take off? I yeah, I was to say we're running late, so I was. We can do it next week, or we can do it now. Uh, it's uh, you know, Kahlo, This was your you were asking. Wait, what were you asking? You were asking to read this email. One. I'm not reading. No, this he email. wanted me to read this. He's email. reading this email or Juxta. One of those two can. No, How? Juxta can't read this email. Oh, okay, okay, fine. It stars me. Go ahead. We'll, go, we'll do. We'll do one email. Okay. Could I get a little uh, a little mood music for this email? Oh wait, it's that email. 
Yeah. No, fuck this. We're not. <laughs> no, we're done. We're done. It's over. We're done. Uh, we'll, we're going to have to get to that uh, some other time. Yeah, next week. Like, yeah. first thing. Uh, I kind of want to be here, though. Well, then be here. Yeah, make I'm that choice. I can be here for half of it. You can call in. Uh, dude, I, we, we're like, we're... It's 4.07, I know. Yeah, like, we're, we're running like late. eight minutes over here, bud. Uh, I, I think I think we read it first thing next week. Yeah, just right out the gate. Right out the gate. I, I think we could just not. No, 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 oh, no. We're dude, reading it. No, we could just not. I, you, you, oh my you gosh. say that. Look at the chat. They are blowing up. They want <laughs> oh, to hear man. this right now. Give it to them next week. Yeah, too fucking bad. I think I think it's first. Wait, thing. wait. I want it now. Why don't we make it a stretch goal? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I like the way you yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, look at that. What's huh. this worth to you, Nero? Oh, we're gonna put some teeth on it, yeah. huh? Yeah. Okay. Let's get us back above two thousand dollars on Patreon, and then we'll uh, listen to this uh, this amazing oh my God. email or story or whatever the fuck this thing is. All right. So next week, Something if we're beautiful. above two thousand. Ascalia will read the story. Mm. Daddy promised. Mm. <laughs> if uh, as, as a little bit of incentive mm. to put out there for you, mm. the title of this story is "Call Me Daddy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you really, you really can't understand why I can't find the time to do this bit. Oh, like I you can't. Can't. that's you what can't. I'm saying. Like you want to do it as a stretch goal, I'm going to read it. Like I see, like, right, see the funny thing. Right. Here's here's the here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing is that when we were like sitting there going back on the gear stuff, I can't believe that you didn't call me out for running out the clock. I, I thought you were doing that during the voice acting. I, see, that was it. I thought it was happening in the voice I, acting thing, but I'm like, well, geez, they actually did give us a nice interview. We're gonna not gonna like fuck tap y'all. On that. I ran out the clock on this. But <laughs> y'all let can me go ask to you this. shit. Let me we are this. done. No, we're, we're this this episode Look is over. Look forward to it next week, guys. This episode is over. Donation drive for the story. Thank, thank you, Zero. I appreciate the uh, the donation. There it's is coming no next week. Don't It'll worry. It'll be here next week. It's maybe. Next Who week. knows? <laughs> Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Guys, I want to thank you for joining us here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Limit Break Radio.com. Facebook.com slash Limit Break Radio. I want to thank my crew, Juxtaposition, Kahlo Landis, for uh, hosting last week, Escalia Rayumasa, as well as our interns, Papa Woody and Kooky Persona. That's going to be it for Limit Break Radio this week. I'm an hero. Keep listening. Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Kooky Persona and Kahlo Landis. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Captain Failboat, Zurian Urexen, Azura Giacho, Bianca Forwin, Kalina Ashsaber, Thor Carson, My Waifu, Satori Komeji, Darbykins, Sakura-chan, Dark Flux, Nullpacker, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limit break radio opening music in this episode from daniel lambie listen to man with the machine gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash daniel lambie metal gamer closing music in this episode provided by husky by the geek listen to this and and 
Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash HuskyByTheGeek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.